Hello, and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the DM, Peter Gorski. How are you? I'm doing all right, Owen. I'm happy to be here. And the number one Yakuza fan I know, Mark Gorski. How are you? Oh my God, Owen. It's terrible. It's it's real bad right now. What's real? And bad? this this is it's kind of old news because this was like real bad last Wednesday when this was breaking news to me. But the pod doesn't know. I was also sick last Wednesday, so that was just like layers on here. But now, um, something something has happened. Something that was months in the making, um, and I didn't realize until it was far too late that it has it was going to happen this way. And what I'm referring to is, I put a pre-order down many many months ago i've been in the amiibo game for a long time and there was a xenoblade 3 amiibo out uh the two main characters were getting amiibo really really wanted them i'm, I'm only a smash brothers amiibo guy but this was one i can make the exception these are two that i think i really want um it's an expensive pair of amiibo it's 40 dollars to get these two and it's it's like geez that's a lot of money but I think I can do it. I think I like this game again uh, enough. It's one of my top 10 favorite games. I can do this. Put the money down months ago. And then I noticed it was very, very strange. Last Wednesday at 11 p.m. When it said my package just arrived. I was like, hmm, they don't really come out to deliver packages at 11 p.m. And I go to look at the notification. And it was very bizarre when it said the package was delivered at 8 p.m. Pacific Redmond. Standard Time in Washington State. Oh no! And it's you've been back for almost two years. This is fucking GameStop's fault. It defaults to my some of my old ass addresses all the fucking time, and I change it all the time. I order through them. And if this wasn't Amiibo, I would have waited uh, for Amazon. That's where I order things. I hate ordering things through GameStop online. I'll go there in person, no problem. I can pick it up, and it's no big deal. But when you see the Amiibo go live for pre-orders, you just got to go. Wherever you see them, you, you grab it and hold on to it for dear life. So that's what happened here. And right now, it seems like they're really easy to find right now. They're out there. I could order them right now. But it's just like, that's another $40. And I honestly don't have the heart to do it again, knowing that I'm out $40 already. Unless if the, whoever lives in that house now is nice enough to take it to the post office, return to sender. And they'll be like, oh, look, you you didn't get it. You want your money back? Do you want? Do you want it again? If that happens, sure, I'll get these amiibo. But for the time being, no. This no those those this amiibo are going right on that person's shelf. I'd like to think so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if anything, please. Have, I hope they were sent to a Xenoblade fan. Well, that's that's really unfortunate. I think this is actually the fact that it's been almost two years is what makes this mistake more likely because your your guard is down at this point. You're not looking mm -hmm. to see what address it's going to because I, I, you assume it'll be right. I remember getting a message from a friend. I was like half asleep, half asleep waking up. It's like the Amiibos went live. We got to go. We got to get these right now. Everyone order them if you want them. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'll just go into it. If it was the middle of the day, I was not asleep or half asleep, I would have caught this. This I'm no stranger to some website I'm trying to order through, trying to think, you want to ship this to Washington, right? And I'm just like, no, I, I haven't wanted to do that for years. Stop it. But this time it was just like, fine, I'll do it. In the heat of the moment, then went back to sleep. 
and just uh, okay these uh, i'll worry about these when the time shows up when they're gonna get here in three or four months whenever it is they go live um but the end of next month the sora amigo shows up which i do have the right address for (laughs) for that pre-order so that's okay at least well that's that's very disappointing i'm i'm sorry you're out forty dollars it's fine there will be other amiibo there will always be other amiibo rookie mistake really what what was your peter i don't want to hear about this when you said you won't even get the sora amiibo i mean i'll get it i'm not gonna feel the need to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to pre-order it if i'm at a store and i see it, it's like oh hey there it is then i'll buy I, it i literally it was like six o'clock 6 p.m i said like hey links for the sora amiibo up you want and you're like eh, no you said no. What you didn't exactly, have to do that because it's not an urgency. You could have been though. It might be. You don't know. I feel like the days of amiibo being urgent have passed. long gone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. When Pyramithra came out, that was tough. That was a hard day to get amiibo that day. But but was it difficult any other day after that? Yes, they. I mean, all the DLC characters where a fan base of people who buy Amiibo and Xenoblade 2 fans, there was a big overlap. And because it was a two-in, like a two-in-one package deal kind of Amiibo, not so easy to find. Granted, Xenoblade 3, here we are. They're available right now. Will they be in a couple weeks? Maybe not. But I don't know. I, I do remember that one being tough. And I'm pretty sure when I went to GameStop to get it, I couldn't get the pre-order for Pyro and Metro when they came out, but... When I went to GameStop, the clerk said, I think this might be someone's pre-order. It's our last one. But uh, I don't think it is actually a pre-order, so you can take it. I, I possibly bought someone's pre-order. You didn't really care to check too hard. So, so no, well, now this is karma of you just lost out on these Amiibo because you actually did steal someone's pre-order. I didn't steal it. The clerk stole it. No, but I didn't. I didn't stop him. But you're you're still them. guilty, I think. Um, I like to th- I like to think I'm giving back to the world with my Xenoblade Three deals or DLC, my Xenoblade Three amiibo out there. That's I think the best way to look at this. Me, not a criminal. Only good faith out there. No, it, it, it's amiibo. not that it's not that you're a criminal. It's that like you still took the karma hit by taking that could have been a pre order, could have not been. It's kind of like finding uh, five dollars on the ground. You're supposed to like see if anyone dropped it around you. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you took that five dollars, but still take the karma hit. I don't know. I think if I die and I go to the gates of heaven and I'm gonna, I'll, I will bring up. What about that pyramithra of me, brother? But like, oh, that was a tough one to get. You made the right call. Like, a lot of people were itching to get that one. Uh, that guy I, who you stole from, he was snoozing, and now he's losing. I'd prefer if it was like. Well, we we had a big discussion about that one. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. Everyone was involved in this one. It took us days to get on all on the same page with this one. The whole board got together. We had a vote. Mm-hmm. A recount, even there was a recount. <laughs> uh, uh, housekeeping. This episode, we're talking state of PlayStation twenty twenty four. Uh, we'll go over the state of play and what we think is going to come from this year in PlayStation. We also, semi-big announcement, but let's not make it a bigger deal than it has to be. 
BNY YouTube channel. It's called BNY Gaming. There are other BNY Gamings that exist. I looked at this. The top what? one. It, yeah. So when, when you get a channel name, it's not like reserved for eternity. Uh, the top one had about 7,000 subscribers. It'll, it'll take a lot of work, a lot of grit. But I say we drive them into the ground. Is what I say. Respectfully. What we do, do that do? respectfully. What are you saying, Mark? I'm so curious. What is this thing? I think there's actually... Uh, there's multiple BNY gamings. There's a few BNY gamings with numbers. I don't know. Well, like, if we're being honest about BNY gaming, like, it's not the most, like, creative, unique game uh, name. But it works. It works for us. Drive them these, into the ground. That's what I say. If all of these other people also live in Buffalo, New York, then we have a problem. Or we don't. We can meet up at a local park and we can settle it like they used to in the old days. Del- yeah, we'll go to Delaware Park, one o'clock in the morning. Whoever's left standing gets the YouTube. So we have that YouTube. It's only going to be for clips as of right now. These are going to be clips. Uh, I'm experimenting with it right now because right now I pr- have generic pictures. Uh, the last episode was only me and Peter and I tried to signify who is talking and I included relevant footage in the background. Not going to overcomplicate this. I just want to get these clips out there. Uh, I will probably end up tweaking that format though. We're not a video podcast as everyone knows. So there's no expectation that we'll ever become one. I do want this video representation though, because I don't know, we have some good conversations on here every once in a while. uh, A topic we touch on has the potential to be of interest to people. Get the clips out there, follow us or subscribe on that YouTube BNY gaming. Also, video podcasts, just if we had a video podcast, people would see that I've been clipping my toenails this entire time, and people don't want to see that. I do, Peter. What the heck? That's not true, is it? Yes, it is. What? I've got one toe left. I'm almost done. That's fucking horrifying. How is it horrifying? I've got the ball on the table right here. I'm going to cleanly throw them out. I'm a cleanly person. They're long. I was looking down. What? Ugh. Oh, what? This is brutal. This is this was not supposed to make it into housekeeping. <laughs> well, uh, hey, housekeeping, my toes are very clean and neat. Yeah, well, uh, that among other reasons is why we won't do a video podcast. Too many resources and, and also, you know, oh, Peter's disgusting. Can... That's also why Peter's just gross. That's yeah, hey, I'm on the record. Mean. Sometimes we have to record in situations that aren't ideal for video. Uh, one of us is on the move, potentially. And it just makes things easier for it to be all audio. But that doesn't mean that YouTube has to be robbed of that experience. Going to pick done. two to three clips per week, ideally. Get them up there. If you're already a devout listener, that's amazing. Maybe, maybe some clips is what will finally sell your friend. Speaking of devout listeners, I, I want to I want to do a quick look at the the family tree here of BNY. So there's the three of us. There's myself, Owen. There's Mark, and there's Peter. We're the main hosts. We have 
extensions of the family, which would be James and Joe. They are our good friends. They come on for the fantasy draft, and they've been on for one reason or another if we're like talking about a game that they also played or something like that. Then we have friend Kyle. This is primarily Mark's friend. Peter knows him as well. I've never met friend Kyle. However, I feel as though I know him. He is an extension that has never been on the podcast. But I am making this distinction because we also have listener Kyle. Listener Kyle is our number one writer-inner. He actually emails BNY Gaming Pod to participate in the episode, as anyone can do. But it is it is a lift to get people to do that. Most other podcasts, they have a bit easier. Maybe... Maybe they're commenting on YouTube. Maybe you go to their Patreon. There's more centralized locations. And I'll, I'll say here now, if someone leaves a comment, some sort of question that they want answered, and they leave it on the YouTube, I mean, I won't say no to that if it's relevant. But listener Kyle, he heard our calls. I think it was about two episodes ago when we were predicting 2024. We each pick a game. For whoever wins the predictions, we then have to play that game in the subsequent year. And Mark, I believe, is the one that brought up, like, wait, what if we don't get any right? And we said, maybe a, maybe a listener could help us. I said, listener Kyle, he has our ear. And he heard us, and he has written in. He said, hello, BNY. A game under 30 hours, question mark? Try next Machina. I believe that's a Housemark game. Uh, arcade type game. I think that would be an interesting one. He said it's one of those games where you can get as deep into it as you want. It's also not a PC exclusive, so Peter doesn't get left out. Look at that. Thank you, Kyle. I'm thinking about Peter. Kyle, in a few weeks, I want you to write in and say if you think it's I st- I crossed the line by clipping my toenails during the podcast. And if you think I did, I'll never do it again. <laughs> uh. He also added, sticking with arcade titles, but with more story substance, the wonderful 101, an acquired like taste, so going in with an open mind helps, but at any rate, you will find one of the funniest games ever made. I think that is actually a really great pick, because that's not a game I've ever really considered playing, but I've it has a devout fan base in the background. Not the most popular game ever. But the people that like it really like it. Mark, have you ever played the Wonderful One Hundred and One? No, I never did. Um, it's it's not one I've always I've ever like been dying to play. I've heard cool things about it. I think I would like it just because it is very different. You know, that's that's something I, I definitely appreciate in the game. And I think it was scratch that itch. One of my favorite YouTube reviewers who doesn't really review games anymore, Matthew Matosis. Uh, big fan of Wonderful 101. I'm willing to take his word on it. I'm willing to take listener Kyle's word on it. He also said, you guys smashed it in 2023, by the way. Hope you had a good Christmas and New Year. We did, Kyle. Included his Spotify wrapped. Listened to almost 4,000 minutes of us. Top 8% fan. That's amazing. Thank you for sending that to us. It, uh, it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. It does. Although, if he's not the top 1%, I'm wondering which episodes he skipped. Well, I tried to do the math roughly of like how, know, many, how many minutes how many minutes we possibly 
podcasted and it probably wouldn't be that much above 4,000. So I don't know. Stiff competition at the top, I guess. Those of you in the UK who listen a lot as well. Yes. Thank you. Across the pond. We appreciate you as well. All right. Let's get into what, what I've said so many things on this podcast that I've forgotten about and it scares the (laughs) shit out of me. It's it, it keeps me up at night. The fact that we will talk for three hours and 12 hours later, I will barely remember a goddamn thing. We all of us said on this fucking podcast. I I like to imagine that our like top 1% fan is someone with an anime avatar on Twitter that is just putting clips together for the day we blow up. Yep, just keeping all of our skeletons in the closet. It's like, in episode 67, Peter, this really inappropriate (laughs) joke. And isn't it bad? I'm like, it is bad. It is a bad joke. I shouldn't have said that. All right. We're not canceled yet, though, so let's talk about what we've been playing. Mark, I'm most interested in you since you missed a week, so I think we should begin with you. I've got... Well, I guess the first thing I should ask, do you guys remember where I left off on my Yakuza journey? What was the last thing I had spoken about here? I believe you were maybe three quarters of the way through Yakuza 3. Oh, correct. Okay. (laughs) Well, right now, I'm in part two of Yakuza 5 right now. That's how far I've made it in this adventure. So I have finished Yakuza 3. I have played all of Yakuza 4 and started Yakuza 5 (laughs) at this point. And uh, I've, I'm at a point now where I'm trying to put together my own Yakuza tier list. My feelings on the series, I'm trying to rank the games right now. Uh, Yakuza 0, still a number one. The greatest, the best one so far. Number two is Yakuza 2, Kiwami 2, the remake. Very good game there. Fun mini game, great story. Then I'm going to put Yakuza 4 after there. Uh, an interesting game. This is the first Yakuza game... Uh, where they had multiple protagonists at the time. Where Yakuza 0, you're juggling two protagonists. But Yakuza 4, there are four protagonists you're going through the game. Three of which are completely new characters, by the way. They're setting up, okay, you're not just playing as Akiryu in this game. We're just going to set up three new characters you've never heard of before. Their stories and try to tie them all together. And it worked. I think it really worked, for the most part. Uh, it's it, The story gets a little bit predictable in there, towards the end. Which is kind of sad because when the the story just kind of keeps you guessing, like that's something I love about the Yakuza games. Like each of the stories, they're just unraveling layers, twist after twist. Sometimes they're just so ridiculous you could have never predicted them, but sometimes it's fine. They they stick the landing even when there's brothers and twin brothers and siblings, and you never would have ever guessed this person's connected to this person, and so and so knew the whole time, and this was all part of someone's plan. You're what? They just. They just keep going with these these unra- these unraveled uh, dramas here in the Yakuza world. But after Yakuza 4 on my list here, then I'm going to put the OG Yakuza, the most basic of them all. But I would have put this at the very bottom of my list. But I have more appreciation of that game as I play more of them because the other games just kind of point back to this game a lot. I remember playing the first game thinking like, this is like kind of disappointing. Like there's all so much fluff in this game. There's a lot of characters. I feel like who are these people? They're not even interesting, but then they keep coming back in the series and you're like, okay, now, now that you've been on the journey, you've been on the ride with me this whole time. I appreciate it a little bit more. And there's a lot of callbacks, a lot of love to the first game, especially in Yakuza 4. They really love 
tying back to that first <laughs> game in in ways where you're just like, of course, this makes this is stupid that something that happened the first game is like snowballing this far into this game. Like, that's so integral to the plot, but sure, why not? Um, and now I'm on Yakuza 5. This is a game that's like, okay, now it really feels like I'm in the 2010s of Yakuza. I'm, I, I found out that Yakuza 4 was a PS3 game. It felt like a PS2 game. I thought Yakuza 5, okay, I'm finally here. PS3 era Yakuza. It feels a lot more like Yakuza 0. This is like kind of where a, some of the groundwork for that game is. And I'm now taking taking it piece by piece. And now in Yakuza 5, there are five protagonists wow. in this game. And I'm just like, God damn, that's interesting. How are we gonna do this? Um three of them are the same are similar are some of the same characters from four. One is a brand new character because one of the four characters in four was actually really not interesting and kind of boring, and they got rid of him, it seems. And then a fifth character, Kiryu's daughter, is a character in this game. And it's like, oh my god, this is very interesting. And her she's gonna have a whole storyline. I don't know what it is. I, I've been looking into like what fans think of the Yakuza series, like where other people kind of rank them. Just because you know, in like shotgunning all of these Yakuza games, like I wanted, I wanted like not like I'm not gonna have the time to like fully digest each of these, right? Yeah. Like I'm just going one after another, one after another. Um, so I just want to kind of like hear what other people have to say about them, just to like kind of reflect on them. So it's not just like oh, Yakuza Three's left in the past. I I moved past that game. That's it. I didn't even mention this. Yakuza 3, certainly at the bottom. It's the worst Yakuza game so far. And I feel a little bit more justified of falling off of that one for breaking the tradition because like it's certainly the weakest one. It's the shortest one, even. Um, and I feel like the least important in the series. It feels like, I think I said this before, uh, it feels like an off-season of a TV show where it's like, this isn't really that important. The, the story here just feels kind of like filler a side story there's like some things that are kind of important in the grand scheme of the yakuza 4 pulls like some of the smallest things of that game and makes them so important it makes them my favorite one of my it's a character i really love in yakuza 4 who was like a villain for like a hot second in yakuza 3 and then like he just disappears like a different or like someone who's betraying uh the tojo clan and then all of a sudden he's like yeah well the people he was like trying to betray you with like they kidnapped him and took him away and we'll never see him again it's like oh okay well he's just gone from the story then he comes back and forth and the whole thing love that guy um mark i i'm gonna be honest i'm i'm impressed with the progress you've made i'm a little worried that like a dragon the first one is gonna is gonna bring you to your knees because that's it's, supposed to be like a fifty-hour JRPG. Yeah, think I, he'll be, I think he'll beat it in a week. I'm not so sure about that. I, uh, I honestly, you don't know you like I know you. It's I worry because I'm in. Re I was going to get into this in a second. I was reading uh, why do people not like Yakuza Five? It's not some people like it a lot. Some people have mixed feelings on it, and the reason was because at the time when it released, it was by a long shot the longest Yakuza game. There's five characters. Each of them have their own area that they're kind of going around on their own. There's a lot of padding to kind of make each section kind of feel like stuff is happening between like the, the major plot points. And every Yakuza game has like a mini game, a, a core mini game. And each character has a core mini game that they have to try to find out how to get into the story, which I love it in Yakuza 5. Like the, I've done one of them for one of the characters. It was a taxi driving simulator. 
I had to like follow the rules of the road. I had to drive. I had to make sure I'm not accelerating too fast. I'm braking at the right speed. I got to use my directionals. I got to watch out for pedestrians. And on top of that, I got to make conversation with the people in the back of my taxi cab to make sure they're not bored on the cab right there. Sometimes they want a simple conversation. Sometimes a guy's really got to go to the bathroom. He's got to pee so bad. And I got to make sure I get there within a certain amount of time. And it's so simple, but it also, it's so <laughs> dumb, but also like I, I, I love that there's such layers to this. And of course, there's a storyline to this. And inside of doing the taxi thing, you got to do like the street racing thing where you just got to go against the rules and take down this one street racing organization on the side while you have the time. Um, but tangent there, yeah, because I like a dragon. Is it going to be the one that tears me apart? Uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to tear me apart, but I think uh realistically at this point because the, the goal deadline here is final fantasy 7 rebirth leap year day february 29th that is when i want to be done with the series i think i will get to infinite wealth by then i think i can get through every game i can catch up to the new game i will not be able to play and complete that's the new game. i i'm gonna be honest i'm doubting you i'm doubting your ability simply because I actually don't know if you have the hours to be able to do that in one month, in the shortest month of the year, mind you. But the longest version of the shortest month of the year. It is. But even that longest version is still shorter than every other month. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I want you to be able to do it. Unless unless it will be like detrimental to your health, which is possible. In which case, I don't want you to do it, but... You'll hear about that on the podcast if that ever happens, <laughs> so don't worry. And think changes will be made. Like, if I can get past Yakuza 5, I'm in I'm in the the clear for at least catching up to infinite wealth by rebirth. Because Yakuza 6 is... Consi- a lot of people, from what I'm reading, a lot of people think Yakuza 6 is one of the worst ones because it was supposed to be some send-off. It was supposed to be the real end for Kiryu's, song, or Kiryu's game or Kiryu's story. But it's also the shortest game by a long side. It's like 15, 16 hours on how long to beat. And on top of that, there's Man Who Erased His Name, which is also on my list. Also a 16-hour game. So pretty short. I can blast through those, I think. No problem. But it is just Yakuza 5 and Like a Dragon that are going to be tricky. And I I've, I would make I would have made a lot more progress in Yakuza 5 right now if I didn't get so sucked into the taxi driving minigame. And I know there's going to be a lot of side stuff in Like a Dragon where it's just going to be like, I, as much as I want to like shotgun through the game, there's going to be some side stuff where I know I'm going to want to take a peek around. I'm going to like it. I'm not going to want to push through it too far. And I know with five, I'm not going to get, I don't think I'm going to get super invested in every character's minigame. Like, they definitely some of these games trying to make the mini games more part of the main story. There, I got a, a bit of a jump scare in Yakuza 4. There was a time they presented to me, Oh, you have to play Mahjong, no tutorial to progress the game. Oh my and I was God. like, No, 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 you're not gonna make me do this, please, please, God. But then later on in the dialogue, there's like, Oh, you can go just buy these plates down the street instead of winning them off of me in Mahjong, give the option and I bought them in a heartbeat. I was so scared. When I played like half of Kiwami 1, I spent a sizable amount of time trying to figure out Mahjong and I just couldn't. 
the only mahjong experience i've had one night when i was playing final fantasy 14 i was at the golden saucer which is kind of like their mini game room mahjong is something you can play in there and i'm just pl- i'm with a group of like three other people i've never talked to before and they're just like so focused on the game i'm trying to talk to them guys i have no idea what's going on please someone tell me how to play this game and they're all just beating my ass these three other people i'm just like guys please this isn't fair i'm gonna keep losing someone just tell me what's going on i'm gonna keep trying but i just want to know how to play this game and nobody gave me the time of day. I guess it was like 2.30 in the morning just trying to play Mahjong with strangers. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine that's the friendliest bunch. No, so but... it's been all Yakuza for you. How many hours in five so far, do you think? Um, Not 10 yet. Not even 10. So that's supposedly a 36 to 40 hour game. So I, I've got a bit of my... Uh, I got a bit of the road still ahead of me. I would have been a lot further along if there wasn't another game that released in the past couple of weeks that I put 30 hours into. Oh, Jesus. Where do you find this time? He's going to beat a 50-hour game in the span of a week, I'm telling you. It's not impossible. I mean, if I'm really enjoying the game, I'll put everything. I'll put this before everything else. But, but I will is... join you for this one. This uh, Peterson played this game too. Pal World. Pal World is a very, very cool game. And I've been playing a lot as well. Dipped my toes in the day it came out. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, geez, I put six hours into this game already just in my first sitting. Uh, now, it's not like the most amazing game. And oh, and I feel like you have some feelings towards Pal World. I think this is what Peter was trying to insinuate before. I want to, uh, I want to read something I read earlier that I audibly scoffed at when I read. As I put in our, our group chat, the. Uh, Tweet from Jeff Keighley revealing that uh, Power World has sold 12 million copies and has 7 million players in Xbox. This is a quote from Owen. Quote, The game seems so mediocre, though. That's what I find so weird. End quote. That is the sound of someone judging pigs rolling in their shit yet again. Oh, yeah. And, and And I'm here to say... That fun is better than being a snob. Owen, you're not better than anyone for not for not liking power. It's so no, mediocre. No, 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 blah 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 blah. I I just think it seems mediocre because it's like it's just a another survival game. That's all it seems like anyway. Would you say it's just another survival game, Mark? It's a it's a it's another survival game with some flavor to it, with some good charm to it. It's like if Ark Survivor Survival Evolved met Pokemon Arceus. Really, it's like okay, because I mean, Ark is similar where you are like catching these dinos, dinos you're raising them. You're not you're not just like raiding each other with your weapons and everything, but you've got these companion beasts also that you're using to fight everybody. Some fly, some do not fly. Uh, but in this time around, you gotta actually like fight them with your bare hands or with weapons and try to catch them, try to weaken them. Well, like very reminiscent of Arceus. Uh, catching a lot of them. You're building a lot. You're building with them too. It's a lot more of like this collaborative experience. And that's maybe putting it nicely because the farther you get into the game, the more you are just kind of really putting the work on these guys, these little guys. On You can literally just make them an assembly line and force them to stand at it all day. And that's just what they do from that point on. You can make them like hot tubs and little, a nice little house too. But like at the end of the day, it is eat, work sleep for these guys unless you want to put them in the box and on top of that there's no way to release pals in this game other than you have to make an item called the meat cleaver or sorry the metal cleaver 
which will then turn the pet interaction into a butcher interaction, and that's how you get rid of them if you Damn. don't want them anymore. It's brutal. And the the animation is censored and everything. It just puts a big blur over the palace. You just kind of like smash this cleaver into them and makes gory noises. I will say, I've heard things that sound fun in this game and, you know, stuff like that. That is admittedly pretty funny. But, again, I I just fall back on... I feel like we've seen other games do most of this stuff, uh, this stuff minus the Pokemon part. But you can't just say minus the Pokemon part because that's the entire thing. That's the appeal. Mm -hmm. That's what I was about to say. I I guess that is a a big enough part of it, but it almost seems like it's a completely secondary thing to the game in some ways, but maybe my assessment's wrong. Yeah, the entire yeah. game revolves around the Pels. Oh, yeah. I mean, the best way to level up is by catching more and more of these guys and putting them to work so you're actually leveling up, getting new recipes because you're leveling up. I will say it's it's a very grindy game right now. Like, I think the early game is very fun. When you're getting, like, kind of the progress. You're kind of exploring, seeing more of the guys. Um, but I think once things start kind of slowing down, things start getting a lot less fun and i think i i i I have multiple worlds with different friends because unfortunately i bought the game on steam not knowing it was on game pass and right now game pass and steam and xbox to xbox and pc game pass are a different build than the steam version so they don't have cross play all my friends are playing on pc game pass i was like oh my god now i gotta start over over there and then they stopped playing over there so we went over to steam i went over to steam and most of my time is just starting different worlds. A total of like three different save files. And I mean, the third one was just like, okay, I feel like this is starting to get a little too easy. I'm making a hard save file where if I die, not just do I drop all my stuff, but I drop all of my pals if I die. And I have limited respawn points. God, that's not time. fun at all. It just makes things more risky. You know, every, every decision you make counts out there. And I will tell you, I do regret it. It is not very fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think once you reach it's that point, you got to go back to the Yakuza games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly what's happened. And I haven't gone back since. That was like early Yakuza 4 when I was going through this PAL world phase. And then I was like, okay, I've, I've had my fun here. I, I don't think I need to go much further. Maybe when PvP becomes a thing and I could do some fun stuff there where maybe if I'm going to lose it all, I'm going to lose it all in a raid, not because... Uh, I walked into the wrong neighborhood and got shot by an arrow from a pal that is not a, a certain Pokemon that I know, but looks very much like a Pokemon I know. I just mentioned that Pal World, we've talked about it before on the podcast, about like what all these studios, one of which we will technically talk about later, who are so desperately trying to make the next big thing, the next Fortnite, the next Apex, shit like that. It's never from those who are actively trying to become it. I mean, they just these, happen. And I'm not saying Power World's going to yeah. have the longevity of fucking Fortnite by any stretch of the imagination, but this game is a phenomenon. And it is showing no signs of slowing down. It's crazy we're starting the year with a brand new IP from a, basically a brand new developer who we've never really talked about or seen from before. And it's just, they had no intention of being this big. There was no big marketing cycle. This game didn't have tens of, uh, with actually with how PlayStation's doing, hundreds of millions of dollars of developer uh, developer and investments into it they just put it out 
They've been quietly working on it, and it's a massive success. And that's how massive success has happened. It's it's certainly like a viral phenomenon. It's like it's like trying to study how this game is doing well is like trying to study how like a viral video pops off. It's like, well, let's make yes, another exactly. viral video. It's like, well, you don't. You don't just make another one. It's just you get lucky, and that's how these surface games have kind of been. But it's it's so popular. I, I don't know if it's gonna like become this big IP. I think it's gonna go the way of like Five Nights at Freddy's, where like this is gonna keep going on. We'll be like, oh yeah, people are still playing Pathworld. It's got its own fan base. People like there's a, a large amount of people who really care about this thing. But the and earlier IGN put out an article that said like Xbox is now getting like actively involved in the in the development and assisting the team so that they can put out updates sooner and that they have more money and resources so and if that happens and this game is continually able to frequently update itself and fix all of its issues then holy shit do you guys have zero hang-ups about the fact that it i i don't even care about the legal part of the plagiarism it's oh we know it in our heart of hearts of like oh they just copied what these Pokemon look like. like of do you guys they have hangups? I mean, I've, Mark and I have talked about this. I just feel this is more of an indictment on the Pokemon company. If the Pokemon company wants to sue, I mean, look up the pal Anubis and tell me that that isn't just Lucario. You can't. You can't do it. I mean, look up, look up the pal Kremis, Kremis, and tell me it's not White Eevee also. Oh my God! Yeah, no, there's it's... a lot. The list goes on. Like this, this I was referencing one. There's like an Archer, Pokemon pal that looks exactly like Decidueye, the Archer bird. There's there's a dragon that looks like the Pokemon. There's like it's called Bolasaur. It's like a a dragon with like a flower on its head. It's like what if Meganium had a, a flower on its head instead of its neck, and it stood on two. Look, look, if Pokemon Company wants to go after them at Sue, then by all means. You know, if I'm not gonna hold I'm not gonna close my pearls to go like you leave Power World alone. I fully understand it. But it also is just like Pokemon Company, you are sitting on the most popular franchise in the world and you are basically doing fuck all with it. There's so much more you could do, so many other genres that people would cling to, and you're just not doing it. You're you're too comfortable with your success. And I just think it makes them look bad. I think I hope it's a wake up call. Like, like this is like something they could have like done if they just wanted to try new things more often. I hope that's their takeaway from this. The way that I, I feel would feel bad or feel wrong for for Pal World's sake um, is if it does turn out, it's like yeah, they literally plugged in models like three D Pokemon models, Pokemon companies made into an AI, and like it generated new assets using Pokemon companies' assets. Then. I feel a little weird. It's like, okay, we we are actually stealing art at this point and selling it. It sounds like that's not what has happened. The CEO has tried to say, like, no, we're not doing that. But what is the, does the CEO actually know what the art team was doing at the time? We don't. And maybe that'll come to light. Pokemon Company is now investigating to see if there's anything infringing their IP in the PAL world. Uh, world. So we'll stay tuned for that. Um, I, do, I do like the game. I hope that they build more onto it. It's, they have a huge roadmap, so there's more coming. It's fun, but it's not like my favorite thing. That's that's really what I was trying to convey with my pretentious text earlier. It just doesn't sound like a seventeen million or nineteen million. Which one is it? 19. Twelve million sold. Yeah, so let's just say nineteen. It doesn't sound like a nineteen million player game. 
But I, I just think that so many, again, so many developers and publishers are just putting, like, we have to be the next Call of Duty. We have to put tens of millions of dollars into developing these games when it's just, people just want simple fun. Stop, like, just, I, I feel like a lot of people just need to go back to basics and the basic fundamentals and stop trying to make the next eSports or make the next best, like, Battle Royale. It's like, just keep it simple. That is true. Peter, I think you're an interesting case study for this because if this game didn't have these Pokemon, these pals, you never would have considered playing this game. But neither would the vast majority of people who did. I just find, I get, I I, I find I, it interesting. I, I, don't, I don't really know my opinion on it, I actually. You are the... If this game was just called World... It would have sold a couple hundred copies. The pals make the game. The pals are the reason this game has sold or has 19 million players. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I had more thoughts on it, but I just... I don't really know how to parse the situation. Like, at worst, I'm, I look at some of the designs and I'm kind of annoyed by how on the nose some of them Anubis are. Anubis is disgusting. Like, Kremis is probably the biggest one for me. It's like, this is this is a white TV. No, I haven't even seen most of them. I feel like I haven't seen half of them in the game, but all of them, some of them look kind of similar. Others is like, uh, you have their There's, there's the one that, that looks just like Electabuzz to me. He does look very similar. I know exactly what you're talking about. He's the first major boss in the game, and he has a Gatling gun, of course. But he's got the very, very similar. You're talking about like the big cat-looking guy. He looks I'd, like I haven't looked too much in detail beyond the fact that I saw a quick picture and I was like, "Yeah, that's Electabuzz." It looks like if Electabuzz and Totoro kind of got mixed together. Totoro, as in like my neighbor Totoro. Yes, my not there is no Pokemon Totoro. Yeah, I'm talking my neighbor Totoro because this guy's got like a, his head and face, like kind of all in his head and face. His body and head are just kind of like together, like a Totoro kind of thing. He's a big, bulky guy, but Electabuzz color scheme. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know. I don't know. It looks a lot of like Electabuzz, a little too much for for my comfort. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not losing sleep over this. Uh, Peter, have you played anything else? I've put a few more hours into Uncharted Three, and I talked about this with you, Owen, last week. And Mark, you and I talked about it today. I loved these characters, the acting. Globe-trotting, treasure-hunting, action-adventure narrative. Music is fantastic. But my god, playing the game is a chore. It's not that fun. I'm sorry. I get to do more action set pieces and more gunplay, and it's just so stagnant and stiff. And the enemy AI are... Like, again, I'm not looking for a massively difficult game or a really challenging game, but it's just... I don't know. The gunplay feels bad. The melee in the game feels terrible. They try to do, like, QTE sequences, like, press triangle to dodge. And it's like, I I don't know. It all just feels weird. 
And I hate the plat. I mean, Mark, it's not the platforming. What did you call it? It's not platforming. The movement in the game. The movement and just how much is spent climbing up walls. And it's like, oh, wait, this really doesn't add anything to it. I understand. I I am a little more protective. Not protective. I am more lenient towards Uncharted against other. Like, I love God of War Ragnarok as much as I do. And it's like, there's too much climbing in that fucking game. But Uncharted was the first one to do it. I understand that they were the founders, you know, they, they they were the originators, and it is, but like, you know, you're you're exploring adventure, like seeking treasure, going through old ruins. It's like, all right, fine. Like, it's, I'm not, I'm never climbing environments and going, I'm having fun, but it is just like, all right, you did it first, whatever. But, man, it's not a bad game. Again, it's better than one. It's better than one, but it's just, it's fine. And it's weird to say that one of the most important franchises in PlayStation's history, a third installment in it, is just fine. But it is, and it's because of the gameplay, in my opinion. Do you think you could pinpoint what makes it different than two? Or is it just kind of how you're feeling? I liked, I felt like two... Two just felt more like a real action adventure. I like the setting of I believe Nepal more. I I've, I'm fairly aware that Chloe is probably not in the rest of three, which makes me sad because I like Chloe quite a bit, and I think she's gone. But we just I just met up with Elena, which is fun. We, I just got the Yemen with it's Drake Soli and it's the original trio again. But it's just. And I, I really like the I really like the relationship between Drake and Sully in this game. And now, again, the conversation, he uh, kind of an argument he just had with Elena. I was just like, why are you bringing Sully with you? He would, he would follow you to the ends of the earth, and you're just dragging him into more dangerous situations. He's loyal, and this is what you're doing for him. And Chloe's just calling him like, why the fuck are you still pursuing this? These guys are too dangerous. I like the questions of like, why is Drake a treasure hunter? Why does he, why does he really do this? Does he know why he does it? How, like, I love, again, and the questions and the trials and tribulations that his relationship with Soli is and also isn't facing. But just, like, the narrative and character interactions of three are better than in two, but I just didn't feel bored playing two. I don't know what it was, if it was the setting or the narrative but three just feels like a slog to play, but I really enjoy the cutscenes and the narrative. I I can't, I don't think I can pinpoint an exact thing. It's just something I feel a lot. I think the pacing's not particularly great in that game. I also I, I think, think... There's, there's, there's a handful of set pieces I like in that game, and that's what's the most memorable, but ultimately I think Uncharted 3 is fine. It's not amazing. Especially as time gets on, it goes on, it's probably just worse and worse. I also think that you're at the point where you got to put your head down and just get it done and stop letting it uh, delay any progress that you could be making in other games that you actually want to play. And I'm going straight to four after, and that's a game I really want to play. Mm -hmm. You won't have any regrets there, I'm sure. That feels like, granted, I haven't played it since it came out in... 2016, eight years ago, but I, I think it still lives up to this day. It's still a, a very quality game. I think so too. The only question will be, it, it'll kind of be a big moment here. 
in that from a gameplay flow perspective, it probably won't feel much different beyond the fact that it's like a clear production level jump. Maybe it's paced better. I I can't remember three well enough to to say otherwise. I I have one more thing, and I okay. have to say it now because I barely remembered it. Drake's oh. journal is the most unhelpful game mechanic I've ever fucking seen. Come on, Peter. Uh, if you're having trouble with a puzzle, just go through Drake's journal. It doesn't tell me shit. It's just pictures. <laughs> it's just vague pictures upon vague pictures. And every time you're doing a puzzle, the prompt is constantly bing, bing, bing. Open the journal, open the journal, open the journal. And then I open it. I move pages around just so the fucking notification will go away. I close it and it just keeps bing, 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 bing. Open the journal, open the journal. It's like, this isn't helping me. Stop. Well, they decided to roll that back in future PlayStation games by just having a character with you saying it. I prefer the it. Time. I prefer it because the character at least tells me what to do. And the game does show mercy on you. Like, hey, idiot, this is what you're supposed to do. After like 15 minutes, it really makes you shit and suffer. Like, and the game is like, and the characters are always saying, oh, that was obviously what it was. And they'll just make you feel like such fucking idiot just i don't like drake's journal at all i fucking hate drake's journal it's such an unhelpful mechanic and it never helps solve puzzles it just makes me more confused i just want games to have a hint button where you'll actually get a hint you see i want i want games to have a this is the answer stupid button and i'll press it right away every time sure sure whatever i clearly drake's journal isn't the solution and also the Atreus solves every puzzle for you before you even have a chance to look at it is not the answer. I think that you, you should be able to turn that on and off. Yeah. That's what I think. Because I like I, 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 characters, just tell me sooner, because clearly I'm not getting it. I've heard, and oh, I've seen a little bit of this from another adventure game I played. I played Case of the Golden Idol, and there's a system built into that game where in the corner of the screen, no matter what puzzle you're doing, the whole game is just elaborate puzzles. But in the corner, because each level is like a whole system of puzzles you're building up to solving a specific uh, a puzzle, kind of like it, it's very reminiscent of solving like a single like Oberdin puzzle. Like you have to figure out a bunch of keywords, who did what, put them into the right spot, and just figuring out what has happened in a certain scene. Um, but in the corner of this sequence, it'll tell you like there's like a, a big like a list of hints you can kind of like pull off, and there's a warning. It's like, we really want you to try to go for the puzzle. That's the intended experience. But you really are stuck here. You have three tiers of just like pushing you in the right direction of what needs to be solved here. The first one's barely obvious. The first one's a bit more obvious. The third one is like really spelling out, this is really what's happening here. This is what you're trying to solve. And I never finished Case of the Golden Idol, but the last level I did do, I ultimately had to kind of pull pull it out because I was spending so much time on one level. Um and I thought that was super, super cool. And I remember the the last Monkey Island game that came out, a lot of people were raving about it had a similar feature of uh just a really user friendly uh hint system when you're really really stuck with the war with the warning of this is not the intended experience. We want you to try to go for it, but do use this if you need to use this. Break in case of emergency, you know, kind of thing. Uh and I, I wonder if it's only a matter of time if other games just look at that and be like, 
I think we're going to borrow this system for it. I, I don't know how they would incorporate that as well into something like a God of War or Uncharted, but they are not, they are no strangers to trying to find uh, ways to incorporate those hot new uh, trends into their stuff. Peter, have you played anything else? That's it for me. Uh, my what I've been playing is boring, but there's a little bit of a twist to it. So I've been playing GTA 3. I did make a change where I was playing the technically the PS2 on PS4 version on my PS5. Uh, but because I'm going to be going on the road, I wanted to be able to keep this going. The Definitive Edition went on sale for 30 bucks on Switch. And I decided I know these aren't supposed to be great. They've had like two years to update them at this point. I'm sure it's fine. And I'm here to report that it's playable. But my God. Uh, I, I'm reading the Switch reviews that are talking about how it's like in such a better place now. And it is horribly bad. The number one example I can point to of how bad this is is I can't notice it if I'm in handheld and I don't know if it's just because the screen is too small or the resolution, the resolution's been adjusted too much. But when I dock it and I play, if I get into a fast car, the animation actually like can't keep up with the speed of the car. And I'll see a, what appears like a ghost of my car mirrors lagging behind as I drive the car. They're lagging behind the fast car and trying to catch up. And I've never seen anything like this in a game. It, it almost feels like the sort of thing that is a, a student project. They put it together really quick and they did the best they could, but there would be no expectations that they'd get it perfect. The, the car mirrors are just a little bit off. It's absurd. And the other thing I've noticed is almost any time when I'm driving, I was worried that my TV was breaking, but then I double-checked it on handheld as well, and the same thing happens. The bottom of the screen has something going on. The bottom of the screen, it's just a small line. I could have missed it, but I didn't. It's a small line of white that just kind of it moves a little bit. It's almost staticky, like as if the game can't fill the whole screen. And these technical issues are typically not something I concern myself too much with. But seeing as it's such a hot button thing around these remasters, I'm here to confirm on, on the Nintendo Switch, still not very good. But the game itself, I I was maybe a quarter of the way through it when I decided to make the change. I've already caught back up to where I was. I'm actually a little bit beyond it. Having fun with the game still. Not too much going on with it. It's very arcadey. Uh, but I plan to roll through it. I'd like to be done with it sooner rather than later. I'm also going to be committing to Xenoblade on the road. I, I said this last week, but go on the road this weekend. Xenoblade will actually take priority over GTA 3 in this case. 
Mark, if I don't think you listened, so the update for Xenoblade is what I just did is I, I took on the big Telethia. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's a spoiler for anyone out of context. But that's I where did I'm listen, at. actually. I was actually listening to last week's episode. I didn't finish it. I got to a good chunk through the main topic, so I did know you were at the Telethia. So I am glad. I am looking forward to diving back into it in a big way because I still just... I can't believe it myself, but I, I love the combat of that game. And I'm excited to face more powerful enemies. I think I'm settling on my party for the most part being Shulk, Ryan, and Dunban. Oh, snap. Okay. Uh, that I looked up online to make sure I wasn't horribly off base with the direction I was going with my party because a game like that, obviously they make every different combination playable, but sometimes you realize, uh, in the aftermath, like, oh, apparently I had the worst party you could possibly have this entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone said that Shulk, Ryan, and Dunban is, like, great party for, like, you just want to do a lot of damage, especially if you're struggling on a boss. They can be the type of party mm-hmm. that, that gets you over the hump on that. There's one boss towards the end of the game you're going to struggle with, but, like, that's that's fine. I had to put the game down for months because I didn't know what to do. And then as soon as I learned, I beat it on my first try. There's so I know just, exactly what you're talking about. It's a, it's a boss that just is really high. You specifically need one the, one party member. And if you do not have them, you cannot win. Is it's it Ricky the hero no pun? The hero pun? No. Oh. He, he does help. He does actually help. Oh, he does help. I, I, would, I still use Ricky in that fight, but that's it's, not who I'm referring to. It's... it's Having a lot of because because Ricky's like ether damage tank is what he is and that boss got some ether moves so it's not terrible to have him around but Ryan is the opposite he's the physical tank and then Dunban is just dodge tank he'll he so long as he's got high ag- agility he will dodge whatever you need him to that's good to know um, I'll probably switch it up now and then mm-hmm. just to keep some variety but they they're my old reliable that I'm liking running with right now. Mm-hmm. I'd say if you're ever in doubt, just swap to Charlotte. Just she's a healer. She's considered the worst character in the game because you don't really if you're quote unquote optimizing everything, you don't need a healer in that game. But nice to throw her on. She she does she's good at keeping people alive if you're struggling to keep people alive. Yeah. All right. That's all I had for what I've been playing. So we can get right into the news. I will say I, I had the pal world being uh, 19 million players, 12 million Steam copies, and the biggest third-party Game Pass launch. We really already talked about everything we need to with that, but it is worth noting. I have two stories here that kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. One of them broke like right after our episode published, pretty much, which is that Xbox laid off like 2,000 people. That's literally all I wrote for the headline because there's pretty much nothing else to say. They they completed the merger. They did about 2000 layoffs or so. I think I think the initial number was 1900. Uh, I don't know if there was a final number settled on. But uh there is that and then I have according to Tom Ivan at VGC Tencent says it has found itself quote at a loss in the face of hashtag or hashtag 
quote you, you significant challenges. Yeah, no, I just lost my mind for a second there. CEO Pony Ma, quote, we have found ourselves at a loss as our competitors continue to produce new products, leaving us feeling leaving us feeling having achieved nothing. Continuing on the VGC story, according to data published in November by research firm NewZoo, Tencent was easily the world's largest publisher by revenues in the first half of 2023. They had a 3.6% year-on-year decline, but Tencent's gaming revenue in that first six months of last year was $15.4 billion. Hearing numbers like that, I don't think Tencent really has much to worry about. But I think these two things go hand in hand as a continuation of an industry in crisis. As we covered last week, we're seemingly going to be covering it every week. There's not always going to be something new to say, but uh, Peter, I open the floor to you if you have thoughts on either of these two situations right now. Well, the Tencent one is also prominent because the Chinese government has passed several laws over the last couple of years that have really kneecapped their gaming scene in their country. Mm-hmm. One of which being uh, limiting the amount of hours that eight, uh, people 18 and under can even play games. Is They're now there... limited to... Mark, have you heard about this? I've heard some of this. Can't they not play after a certain hour? Like They're just not allowed to play past like 10 o'clock? They are not allowed to play past 10 o'clock, which I don't know how the fuck you even police that in a country with what, one. I believe they have 1.2 billion people. How the, f- how the fuck they do that? I don't know. But they've also passed laws that are cracked down on microtransactions. Basically, they've made it a lot harder for Tencent to actually earn money in their home country. So that okay, that does yeah. make it a lot more difficult, obviously. Uh, I I actually tried looking up what are significant Tencent games right now, and I pretty much don't know any of them besides Pokemon Unite. Most of them are just mobile games. They're random ones that you would have heard of. I, I think they own Turtle Rock, which is uh, Back for Blood. Which I didn't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I misread that earlier, but I mean that owning that studio does sound like a significant challenge right now. <laughs> correction. Yeah. Yeah, really. One correction. The law like in twenty twenty one, China implemented a law that restricted those under eighteen to three hours of online gaming per week. Oh my god. Jesus. Yeah, that's not the only law, but they passed several. And they're just they're just crippling their own gaming industry. And yes, obviously Tencent games are not only played in China, they're played around the world. But when the second most populated country in the world is heavily unable to really engage in gaming, what the fuck's gonna what's that gonna look like? And then when you have other countries around the world whose economies are also hurting, so their investments they're making at studios abroad are not really coming to like you know are, are not really like producing any positive results long term. Tencent's in a bad way. Obviously, many studios are worse, but just to keep an eye on them, I think would be important. You I know? think it's important to have an eye on them just from a standpoint of if they do some sort of massive shift 
and almost try to work their way out of gaming in some way to do something else, that would be that'd be really bad. I'm not I mean, I'm not a big fan of Tencent, but they they have a lot of money tied up in this industry. It's fucking crazy how the last like few years have been consolidation central, acquisition central in the games industry, and now it just seems like it's absolutely come to a halt. And that makes sense with the high with the high interest rates. It's hard for corporations to actually invest. So on the one hand, I get it, but it is just people are being bought left and right. How many times have we, have we come on this podcast saying, well, PlayStation's going to buy Square Enix, so-and-so's going to buy so-and-so, and all these different things. And now it's just like everyone has just stopped. And I don't, like, I... My, one of my predictions last year was there won't be any major acquisitions. And I could still see that being true for this year. Like, it just seems like it is absolutely dead in its tracks. I agree. Mark, do you have anything you want to add on to this? I was going to say, so all these times I've been seeing gamers talk about their, their rights are being oppressed, these gamers. They were actually just kids from China, actually. like they're, It's actually like gamers yes, are. Yes, that is every single one. You've <laughs> all these gamers in China, they're... Yeah, their their rights are being uh... well, the, like their rights are actually being <laughs> oppressed. Uh, That's true. Opposed to <laughs> the crowd who I think you're referring to. I mean, but... you should have seen it. You should have seen it. There was also a feud. This is not related here. I mean, kind of Hoyoverse. Tencent has probably something to do with Hoyoverse at this point, right? I thought so too, but I don't think so. I looked Maybe into not. it and I didn't see any connections. But I mean, Hoyoverse probably hurting from this also, but. The story I'm trying to tell is that from the Game Awards, uh, it's it's kind of known that the Genshin crowd rallies around like the community awards there, so they can get free of the premium currency. Like they don't care what the category is, they don't really hear about the award. They want the free premium currency. This year, though, Genshin got nothing at the Game Awards, but the other game they got, Honkai Star Rail, won Best Mobile Game, and uh, Hoyoverse decided to celebrate this by giving every player a five-star character, and Genshin fans went fucking nuts because in all the years Genshin has been out from any sort of like event, like reward kind of thing of this level, they only got like currency to spend and pull on stuff. They've never gotten a free five-star character before, which is a big deal to play a game like that. Like the five-star characters are kind of like pretty necessary uh for end game content and they started a fan war between genshin and honkai star rail within the hoyoverse realm because they got this five-star character when they never ever have and the reason really is because genshin's so popular you don't need to hand out the five-star character honkai star rail not getting genshin numbers so popular but it's not there so you, you want more people to kind of stick around makes more sense to do it that way but those poor genshin fans is what i'm trying to get at I how unfair. I like knowing that just there's this whole corner of the internet that's just burning down and I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I, I mean it's like the, I love fan force ultimately. I mean there's I a friend of mine loves to tell I, I love to hear all about this, but in the Final Fantasy community, there there's like wars of like shipping characters together right i think that's not uncommon in other things but a very specific fandom that, that loves to tear everyone else down is people who shift ship tifa lockhart and cloud strife together and how adamant we're talking they about are. is this really what we're talking about we're talking about this because it's important and it's going to be super important this is relevant news rebirth is right around the corner and there's a, a, a big part of that fandom 
that is convinced that they're going to ship Tifa and Cloud together in Rebirth. When, like, there are so many signs that it's just like, I don't think that's what's going to happen, guys. But these people are just so hooked on it. And these people are crazy people. They're crazy. And there's so many of them. <laughs> and I just love, I love hearing about that kind of stuff. Very specific things happening in specific fandoms. I don't know. We'll, we would never know is happening, but it's it's happening out there. <laughs> I don't know how long lived it was, but my favorite story of that was the premium membership that was being sold in Fallout 76 that started like a class war where people were, were <laughs> hunting down these premium members. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. Oh my, oh my god, yeah. these th- Those kind of stories that come out of games are some of the best. Have you guys ever heard, this is the last one, we can keep moving on after this. Have you ever heard of uh, the Falador Massacre for RuneScape, old school for RuneScape? No. The you were, story... Do you think there was even a remote chance Owen had ever heard of that? I think it's possible. It's pretty popular to some extent, but you know, of course, it doesn't always make its way around. The story was, and, and RuneScape has gone on to reference this multiple times. Also, just the, this character who kind of had this. Do there was like a RuneScape, notoriously one of the most grindy games out there. Like every skill in the game has like a cap at level ninety nine, but like the halfway point in terms of like XP you need to get to ninety nine is at level 92. Once you've hit level 92, you have reached half the amount of XP you need to get to level 99. Those last seven levels in any skill, infamous, very difficult to do. But uh, the first time, there's a, there's a skill in the game called Construction. You have player-made homes, a skill just all about that. There's certain stuff you can only do in the level 99 house. There, you can just invite players over. Hundreds of people can kind of come in there. The first time a player reached level 99 in construction, they held a huge house party. So many people were coming into this house. An amount of players that uh, the game just wasn't ready for and kind of had this weird glitch, kicked everybody out. But one player was affected with a bug. They were now able to attack and kill anybody anywhere. <laughs> and this guy runs to the nearest town, Falador, and he's just fucking murdering everybody. Everyone, people are screaming, bank your stuff, bank your stuff, put it in the bank, because when you die in RuneScape, you just drop everything. And this guy's just killing everybody, taking people's stuff, just in a safe safe place. You can find videos of it, and it's not just him at this point. He, he There's other people figuring out that this, they've been affected by this, but this guy figured it out first. I don't remember what his name is. He's been referenced a, a couple times in certain events for it, but just knowing that this is just something documented online of just this terrible <laughs> event. Just people are dying in this space. People not sure what's going on. People just screaming. Just hundreds <laughs> of people just running to the bank as quickly as they can. Oh my god. It's it's history. So, awesome. so, so good. Uh, Xbox laying off about 2,000 people. I weirdly think there's a little bit less to look into here. It's obviously very unfortunate. I do, I think a lot of it was based around the fact that they just had a merger and when that happens, things there can be redundancies to it. I mean, Phil directly attributed these to the merger. So I know where we're all upset about layoffs and stuff. This isn't necessarily unexpected, but it still sucks. 
I think the biggest thing of note from a news perspective is is Mikey Barra being out. Maybe not part of the layoffs, but that was a yeah, confusing they can, yeah. thing. They canceled their like survival game as well that they had been working on for many years. Yeah, the Blizzard survival game, which sucks because you don't get that many opportunities for a new Blizzard IP. And one of the main leaders at Blizzard is just out a little fishy who said last year that he had no plans of leaving blizzard and that he they would have had yeah he would have quote had to be dragged out of blizzard for him to leave i saw that i saw that he said that to jason trier so that's good it it doesn't sound good (laughs) and it makes you wonder mikey barra used to work at microsoft maybe he didn't leave on the best of terms that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know what terms those would be, whether whether he hated Microsoft or Microsoft hated him. Who knows? I'm not saying he should associate himself with the man, but like you had when Kodak left at the end of last year, a lot of other people left too. It wasn't just Bobby Kodak. They changed a lot of leadership. So why wait another month? Why not just go with them if it's amicable? Amicable. It it, it also seems the blizzard is in a solid place right now. Uh, they, they've definitely been in worse places. Diablo four is pretty good. All things considered, uh, overwatch two is a mixed bag, but I don't know. Uh, I think Rod Ferguson is the other lead there and he's still there. Also a former Microsoft guy having worked for the coalition. It's fishy. Uh, I don't know if there's much of an opinion to have on it, but I would love to be able to get a full story on this. Just good to... Um, Owen and I, again, the crash. Keep it in mind, everyone. Just yeah, mind. I, I mean, at, the, at this point, we, we're already right. I think I think the crash is ultimately happening. Whether, whether it's a monumental crash uh, where the economics of gaming fall through the floor, who knows? I will say it's a it's a crash once cloatures start to happen. Once studios or God forbid if a fucking publisher I mean if a publisher closed, that's the, we're done. Like it's we are undeniably and we do not say it with joy, but if a publisher to shut down, it's like, okay, no, this is a crash. This is a crash. It's happening right now. So does for Ubisoft now it's still really count? bad. What, what was that, Mark? Does Ubisoft count though? Yes, it does. Uh, yes, yeah, it does. And that's exactly okay. if Ubisoft closed, oh my god. Mark, that is a lot of jobs. That is a lot of jobs. They employ like forty thousand people. That's a lot of people. There, are, there may be not that many jobs left. Arguably, <laughs> like if Ubisoft, and again, they're who I would expect. I mean, I remember hearing the last couple of years they tried to sell themselves off, and no one wanted to buy them. And I very much want to play the Prince of Persia Metroidvania, and I would like to buy it soon. And I'm sure it's a great game. It's probably the best game they've published in years. But I don't think that's going to be a big seller. Yeah, it's not going to be the thing to keep them afloat. Yeah. But I also don't think... I'd be shocked if they're actually at the point of near closure. I don't think so either, but they're not doing well. Uh, the, The type of publishers that should be more scared in a time like this is the... Uh, no longer Focus Interactive. They're now called Pull Up Entertainment, I believe. 
Did you guys hear about this? Focus changed their name. Uh, maybe the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But they're the type of publisher that is more mid-sized. They've been successful. I don't want anything to happen to them. I think good games come out of their publishing arm. But they're more mid-sized and maybe a little more vulnerable if the economics start looking pretty bad. And it would be a massive shock to even see a publisher of that size shut down. Embracer Group is going to. And it's their own damn fault. I think if you gave me odds on that, I would assume there's there's maybe a 70% chance that they do. They tried down. to be sold. All, their whole plan was to be sold to the Saudis, and then the Saudis declined in the end, and that was the entire business model of Embracer Group was to be spend a lot of money, be sold off, and make even more money. That was the entire shtick, and now it crumbled, and now we're just slowly watching them die. They just canceled the new Deus Ex game and laid off a bunch of Eidos Montreal, so they're really doing a good job. You think they sell a bunch of people or just liquidate? Yes, I think they. I'm whatever. I mean, I if people are, I, I but on paper, I think they they would try to sell, but no one's buying anymore. Mm-hmm. So like, sure, I think they're. I think that's why you're seeing them shut down studios and cancel games because no one's no one has the money to buy, or they have the money, but no one wants to make. It's a dangerous business venture to buy right now and to purchase studios. So they're we're just slowly watching them rot from the inside. I worry that we're going to see the likes of Eidos Montreal and Crystal just that go down me. with the ship. That's I want. I'm sorry. I, I hate to sound pro acquisition, pro consolidation. I would like someone to buy fucking Crystal and Eidos. Those are good teams. They make great games. Someone should buy them. And then my other prediction is, I think Gearbox would buy themselves. I think that. I mean, that would make sense to me. And then everyone else is just gone. Yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be many more being able to survive. But uh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We don't need to project everything. We don't have a crystal ball. I do think we should move on to the next story I want to talk about here, which is a mini segment within the news that I just want to call reading the room because there's a situation that's been going on for weeks at this point, and we're finally at, I guess what will ultimately be the end of this situation. But it's a game called Suicide Squad that has really had people's ire for years at this point, seeing previews of it. There's a whole slew of previews that came out a few weeks ago where typically previews, you know, handle the game with kids, kid gloves not in this case. Pretty much every preview said it was bad. And now this game is released and or it's at least in early access. I don't I don't know if the actual release date hit or not. But they did not give out review codes. Most outlets are trying to play catch up. I have seen a couple of reviews that are along the lines of it's a lot better than we expected, but most are saying that it's exactly what we expected. It's a pretty mediocre game. There's been a lot with this. And Mark, I want to start with you. Have you been monitoring the Suicide Squad situation? Do you have thoughts on it? Where are you at with this? Not 
I have not really kind of kept my finger on the pulse of it just because I was kind of waiting for reviews to kind of come out. But like, I don't think I've seen really any because the, the embargo there was there wasn't one review copies weren't sent out. I've just heard people say it really isn't as good. Some of the spoilers that came up before are exactly as we they said they were, which I don't even I didn't even look into those at the time. But I just know the stuff people were worried about and thought they knew about the game is all coming true for it. I don't know to what detail, but I am curious and just waiting to see what the critics have to say once they kind of get their hands on it from beginning to end. Peter, what about you? I mean, I'm... Have we not been talking about this? We've been talking about this game failing for how long now? Like, years! You're like, we all knew this game was going to come out and it was going to bomb. I don't want to play this game. I have no interest in it. And that sucks because think about who we were when Arkham Knight came out. That was 2014? No, it was 2015. Nine years ago. Nine years. And hey, to go back to a previous topic, how do people, how do we think Rocksteady's going to look after this game? Obviously, bombs. well, their their founders already left. Uh, there's there's a discussion to be had about a studio like Rocksteady, a studio like Bioware, especially, where at a certain point, does the studio name even matter if all the people that made that studio what it is are gone? And think Rocksteady people, like people lower on the chain, are leaving Rocksteady to go work at the new studio by the founding members. I would assume the number's not zero, and I'm sure I'm, I would assume it's pretty significant. And a lot of people who are going to get laid off inevitably when this game bombs are probably just going to go join that studio, whose name I don't have right now, and I wish I did, but I don't have it. I, I mean, I it. yeah, I'm not going to play Suicide Squad. None of us are going to play Suicide Squad. The game is going to fucking bomb critically. It's not going to sell well. And later this year, unfortunately, we're going to see a story about how Rocksteady lays off 25% of its staff. And we're going to see all these people freaking out on Twitter, properly so, because they had no idea beforehand. And now they've lost their health, their health care. And they're just left to fend for themselves unfairly because the studio was, I mean, the leadership just decided... And by leadership, I mean WB, the publisher. Hey, you're going to make a live service game now. And remember, WB has said that still going forward, they just want to make live service games. They want to make take their IPs and make live service games with them. That's not how you get a power world. That's how you get Suicide Squad. Uh, the founders left and they called their new studio 100 Star Games, taking former colleagues with them. Is the headline on on IGN? I'm sure more will join them in the future. I, How long ago was that article published? Like when was this news? Uh, this was two weeks ago, January 18th. Okay, very pretty recent. Then this is so they, they haven't been cooking yet. They they left the studio a year ago. Okay, but this is the official announcement of the studio they formed. Okay, so there's hope. There's a, there's I mean, how how many times do we see like these new studios kind of pop up from the former devs that really stick to landing? Like, like not to say that they just fall flat on their face or anything, but just thinking of what the fuck from late twenty twenty two. That's what you're thinking of. 
the not dead space guys help me with the name oh um mm, striking distance well what game did they make oh they made callisto protocol Callisto protocol yes yeah i mark you're just thinking of callisto protocol right now and i get that but are we gonna and i know we haven't played it yet i know no one's played it yet but are we gonna act like judas doesn't look like a fantastic game judas does look pretty cool and we'll get to judas we'll, we'll, we'll get to judas it. later but hmm. We we really haven't seen many of those former head studios deliver anything yet, for the most part. We get headlines. Yeah, I was going to say, they're all still working. We get headlines about a new one seemingly once a week. But many haven't actually released anything. The I, I'll especially be interested with Judas because... Another problem with those newly formed studios is that many of them don't survive to the point of getting to their first game. I know, oh, I, do, I don't want to speak out of my ass on this, but I I can't remember the exact story. I remember there was a bunch of like industry veterans. They formed that studio, That's No Moon. They had like a really pretentious photo shoot with their announcement, I remember. And people like heads of that studio are, are already leaving it. I I can't even fathom how that can happen when you don't even have a project out. I'm going to see if there's any headlines on them, though. That's No Moon, which is a Star Wars reference. I wouldn't assume that they would get a Star Wars game. Do we know of any other studios like this that have actually released a game and they've released a game it's like my mind goes to like some of the kickstarter stuff that's happened over the past 10 years the most recent one on my mind of course Iden chronicles is a thing you know coming out um, mighty number nine mighty number uh, nine well, is a bad one uh the kickstarter version of this seemingly takes advantage of nostalgia and the name of of like auteur creators to some respect. Like people I think knew the name of the guy who made Mega Man. You might be able to add Shenmue 3 to this but that game released it, it was an actual game. I think more people just realized that maybe Shenmue wasn't that good when that released. I don't know. We're spinning in circles here. But I'm hopeful that the Rocksteady founders can put together a studio that actually makes something good because I posted in one of our chats earlier, someone just did a side-by-side of Suicide Squad versus Arkham Knight. And I actually don't think Suicide Squad looks terrible in a visual respect, but Arkham Knight is just... Absolutely gorgeous. Still looks great. Nine years later, the game still looks amazing. It, it it looks more than amazing. It looks like it's top of the line for today's standards. I I don't actually even understand how that's possible. Mark, you were making a noise there. Do you have something? I'm I'm just looking up who made Gotham Knights because that's that yeah, was you know the portfolio of wb games but not crocs that was wb montreal there we go okay and they're the and ones the that full... made arkham origins oh uh, okay 
because I feel like there's some parallels to that game where it is kind of multiplayer focused. Like it's they they're trying to walk the line in a similar way where Marvel Avengers was, to my understanding of like these games of just like we're trying to use superheroes to get a single player not it's not a single player experience of course but this molding that uh molding a a service game around that to the best that they can where it's like that's just not not really not working it's here like i feel like we've seen it enough at this point granted i imagine suicide squad was at a point where like this thing has been cooking for so long in a redfall sort of situation it is we can't just not do this anymore it has to come out we can do damage control on this thing as much as we possibly can, but the next thing surely will be significantly better than this. I don't think this format of live service co-op is something that can sustain itself. Any live service game that has succeeded seems to be something that combines co-op elements with competitive elements. And the Avengers, Suicide Squad, Redfall, all of these are examples of attempts at live service co-op where I guess your friends are supposed to be jumping in and out with you the whole time. And that doesn't seem to be very appealing to anyone. So hopefully the games that are are trying this format, they're drying up at this point with the release of Suicide Squad. There is a part of me that wants to play one of these games just to get like firsthand experience. Like, what really are these? Like on paper, I, I get like I have an understanding of what I think these games are like. Uh, the, the the three examples being Avengers, uh, Gotham Knights, and Suicide Squad specifically. But I've tried in the past convincing a group of friends of mine, like, hey, for our Saturday night platinum trophy grinds, what if we hit up Avengers? Then they announced. This game is getting the pu- the plug pulled in September, or was it last September? Is it not even? I think I think <laughs> the plug might have been pulled at this point. Oh, jeez, I'm gonna do a quick Google search. But I was I was kind of interested in it because that game was like five dollars. It was not getting into the game was very easy to do because it was they were giving all the DLC away as well. There's like you guys can have all the content for free. You can get it at GameStop for $5, maybe even less, because they're just trying to get rid of everything because it's a days are numbers. Eventually, it's just going to be plastic that doesn't do anything. I'm shocked that Joe didn't try to get us to play that at some point. Or maybe he did when it was on Game Pass. I don't remember. I did listen to the kind of funny review of Suicide Squad, which was the one time... Uh, I shouldn't say the one time I've been jealous like this before of just being jealous of not only having gaming being their job, but also they have their cool studio and are gaming all day together. They like a few of them made a concerted effort of once things opened up with suicide squad because they didn't get any codes. They jumped in and literally just played like six hours straight all together and and the, well, after we after we start the BNY Patreon, we're gonna get one of those lickety splits. Don't you worry. Yeah, uh, and I'm not necessarily jealous that they got to play Suicide Squad, but that, that just sounds like a that's that's just a fun situation of well, we didn't get a code. Let's just dive in and see how far we can get. That sounds like a lot of fun. 
Uh, do we have any other thoughts on this situation, or can I move us along here? Say let's move us along. I say just let's keep a pin on that. Jump in Suicide Squad, see how far we get. Like let's uh, let's consider that. Let's be real. Look, if I'm... it if it goes down to twelve dollars or less, I would do it, but not at full price. That's not happening. Okay, I don't want to do it at full price either. Unless we really, really wanted to save Rocksteady, that's the only way I would do it. Fantasy Critic. I included this little headline in uh, of just updates. Joe, he got an 89 on Persona 3 Reload. And I have gotten an 82 with Grand Blue Fantasy Relink and an 83 with Undernight in Birth 2. So I did a good job of some late additions. Finding some points there. I'm pretty pumped. Joe gets a good solid chunk from a game we expected to be one of the juggernauts. So that is all good. Let's get into our main topic. Let's discuss the state of PlayStation 2024. And we can begin with our thoughts on the state of play. Did we all watch this? Yes, Mark and I watched together, in fact. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good show overall. The silence is telling me maybe you guys don't think so. Well, no, no I no, thought no, you no, were no. going to. No, that I was thought... on you. You made it sound like you had more to say, and then you just abruptly stopped. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was trying to be like, yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it was good. And I expected you guys to be like, yeah, I thought so too. Or no, bad. You've been hosting for how many episodes now, and you're still? That's a rookie mistake you just did. You know, we got to be a video podcast. You guys got to see me. The body language would have indicated that. And then I'll show how nice and clipped my toes are. But what did you guys think? Did you think it was good, bad, middle of the road? I thought it was pretty good. Again, state of plays, my expectations for them are just always going to be under official showcases, even though the last showcase was terrible. But and I and I don't go into this expecting brand new first party IP announcements for the most part. I really don't. But I thought it was pretty good overall. I Death Stranding Two looks fantastic. I love I. And this is and this is where I think I'll be on the island. I really liked the Kojima announcement of the brand new IP and all that shit. I thought I liked seeing Judas again. I yeah, you know, oh, we can let's just roll through. I have a list of the games and I can uh, list them off and we can give quick just rapid fire. We don't need to okay. talk for long about these. But Mark, did you like the did you like the state of play? I thought it was really good. I thought this was a very very good showcase here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think most of these things aren't necessarily first party, but some of them, some of them are, some of them are going to be exclusive. So cool stuff. Let's roll through it. Began with Helldivers 2, which I thought kind of looked fun. To be Comes out honest. next week. I couldn't believe it. I don't expect this game to succeed. At all. At all. Oh, there's been no marketing for it. what the fuck are you doing? And they're, they, the PlayStation logo, like the PlayStation Studios logo, comes up. They consider like, it's a second party game, but like it's and there's a state of play is it's getting the treatment of a first party game, and I can't believe they're just setting this thing out to die. Mark, there's there's a world where a group of friends of yours decides they want to play this game. I don't think we exist in that world, but somewhere out there in the galaxy, uh, that world exists. 
Which game are we talking about? Helldivers here? 2. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say, like, Foam Stars. And be like, well, actually, yeah, we've got plans to get together. Well, no, I, I'm I'm aware that we're in that world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So long as you know. But Helldivers, no. Like, it's going to be on PC. So maybe, maybe on PC something happens. But as it stands, not really. There's, there's, there's another game I need to look in a little bit more. Another survival game with some Souls-like inspired combat that's kind of getting some attention right now. Not on PlayStation, so not really relevant here, but we'll see. We'll see with Helldivers. Next up, we had Stellar Blade, which, very pretty looking game. I thought it was a good showing, but this game is for perverts. That's what I determined from their showing. Mark, I feel like this could be one of your games. Like Stellar Blade. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Don't get an, <laughs> get an attorney. Get an attorney. Don't answer that. Stellar, we're talking Stellar Blade, right? Yes. Stop it. It's not going to be like that. That's not what this is going to be about. It's K-pop near. That's what this game looks like right now. I and also got the near uh, vibes from it as well. I just did re- I. I just really like the music right now. The combat could be cool. I just need. To know if the story is going to be okay. Look, that's the, that's the make or break. That, that one that character just looked way too young to be having some sort of cleavagey outfit. That's what I'm talking. It's just way too. Well, Owen, maybe she's a thousand years old. Maybe she's a robot, and everything's going to be okay. All right, they've got <laughs> answers for these things. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I just need to know what's the story going to be like. Uh, an action game like this could be cool. That's not going to bring me there. The soundtrack, if it's really good, that could already be enough to bring me there. And that's why I'm just like, just tell me this game has a good story. And I'll see what I can do. I'll see what other games are coming out around at the same time. It's in late April, if I remember. It got that release date. Which, like, right now, I don't see myself playing anything in late April. So, maybe. I don't know. So, Peter, I know you would sooner blow your brains out than play this game. I think. Oh yeah, he definitely made a comment. Absolutely. I said, it looks like Nears, and he's like, great, so we're on the same page. I never want to play this game. Uh, we moved on. But Peter, do you think this is a game that will get any any play in the league? Any bids going out on this one? Mark, if he is mm-hmm. stubborn. Joe, if he's uninformed. I don't know. I I think there's a there's a possibility that this could perform Make a bid. well. Make a bid. You know, maybe I will. Yeah, maybe do I it will. Then. Let's move on. Sonic Cross Shadow Generations. Uh you you guys take this one. Whoever feels more passionate about it. I'm pumped for this one. <laughs> I've wanted a Sonic Generations remake for a while. I know this is if I was to go back and play a Sonic game I missed in the past 10 years, that this is the one to play. And the fact that we got Shadow in here, we're going through a lot of Shadow levels. The fact that we're re- we are acknowledging Shadow the Hedgehog, um, a game I have played and completed. So going through that to just be like, hey, it's paying off for having played this game. They're going to they're gonna help me remember parts of this game. Uh, I think it'll be a, a treat, you know payoff for for doing for playing a lot of older sonic games i mean that's what this this game already was for sonic just going through some of the greats uh of his history and it's like okay we'll do that again for shadow 2 and as far as i'm aware 
every game the chat is playable. I think I've played as far I'm pretty sure. So like anything that they're gonna put in for Shadows levels, I'll be I'll have experience. I'm I'm curious to see what they're gonna look at for Sonic 06 and be like, this was the shadow <laughs> level for this <laughs> game. I don't know. I'm pumped. Honestly, my my favorite thing from the show. Peter, do, I, do you have any love for Sonic still? You think you'll play this? I mean, it's weird where it's like, Sonic? I'm like, eh. But then I see Shadow and I go, ooh. There is still Kid Peter somewhere deep in there still. His love of Shadow has not gone away. Because to me, and maybe Sonic fans will get mad when I say this, Shadow feels like one of the only characters in the series that had a character arc and an actual narrative around him. Whereas most everyone else has just been static and stayed the same throughout the series. And I'm like, I'm, I, I, I mean, I haven't played a Sonic game in God knows how long. I couldn't tell you the last Sonic game I played. And everyone's always said Generations is great. And the fact that there's now a new camp, a shadow campaign, which it is, it is a campaign. I'm interested. I'm genuinely interested. Okay. Zenless Zone Zero. I don't think anyone has anything to say about this. This is Move another Hoyaverse game. game. Uh, Dave the Diver coming to PlayStation. I, I want to play that game one day. I don't know where I'll end up playing it, but very cool. V Rising. Collab. We didn't mention there's going to be a Godzilla collab yes. in Dave the Diver, which that is true. Cool. <laughs> that, cool. that will actually move the needle for like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not the biggest Godzilla head, but hey, it's pretty cool. Uh, v Rising coming to PlayStation, which I don't think I've ever actually seen gameplay of V Rising. And when I was watching it, I was thinking, this game looks pretty cool. So maybe I've never I'll heard of this day. game until this. It's I a don't PC know how game, this as far as I'm aware. Uh, I thought it was like a MMO type thing, but it didn't look like it. So I really, I guess, I had no idea what V Rising was before seeing those those clips of it. Foam stars, Mark. They, I thought they went full Splatoon in this trailer. They sure did. Like, if anyone had any doubts to think this was not going to try and be a Splatoon. You've been proven wrong at this point in time. There's there's a lot to look at here and be like, this is deeply inspired. It's not like one to one by any means, but like even just objective based games are just kind of spitting all this foam around. Even the way that like people like spawn onto the map where they just kind of like get launched onto the arena. It's just like, well, I've played that game. It's Splatoon, <laughs> actually. But with that being said, the fact that it is coming to PS Plus for one of the February games. That was all me and my crew needed, and we're we're already talking. We're putting the plans together. It's gonna happen February sixth. I know where I will be. I don't know where you guys are gonna be. I'll be in Ohio. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great, Owen. <laughs> uh, we got two VR games: Metro Awakening VR, which I thought looked very cool. To be quite honest, mm-hmm. I was telling Peter even like, God, this is the kind of game where if I had a PSVR 2, I'd be there day one. I, I'm itching. It's a massive uh, if, though, isn't it? I mean, I just don't have that. I don't have that. And I know I will never have one at this point because who knows how much life that thing even has at this point. It's one thing if I had like reason to believe like, OK, this thing has a future here. It would also be another thing if a Nintendo console probably wasn't coming out this year that I'm going to drop a lot of money on, so I'm not going to get a PSVR 2 by any means with that. But uh, 
Resident Evil 7 when I played that in VR. That was that was really that good of an experience to me. Um that I would love to do another even remotely horror experience. Uh just to try it like that. And I know the Metro games can be a little spooky. I imagine in VR, things that are a little spooky are extra spooky. So I think I would have fun with that. Very cool, but I will never play it. I mean, maybe maybe if I got into VR, I would probably get something that isn't PSVR 2. Metro, not exclusively, you know, PlayStation bound by anything. Unless if Sony's throwing money at them specifically to keep it on PSVR 2, maybe it shows up on a different headset that I would play it on there instead. And I'd get a bunch of other games if I really, really wanted to dive into VR. But I don't know. Not a priority, but still still a cool game. Up there. One of the, my favorite things I saw here. The the other game, Legendary Tales, I thought looked significantly less cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked okay, and then they showed the title, and it's like, well, now you've lost me. Well, I'm terrible title. The, there is also there's a portion of this trailer where the player was just like beating up a skeleton. And there was nothing on screen that indicated that this was actually an enemy threat to you. Mm-hmm. It just looked like <laughs> they were beating up a very low res skeleton. Nothing seemed fun about this to me. Uh, I'm surprised it made the showcase. To be quite honest, maybe I'll be wrong. I don't. I don't necessarily have a good barometer for whether a VR game is good. So. Who knows? Legendary Tales could be the next 10 from IGN. Judas. Ken Levine's game showed back up. Disappointed to not get a, at least a release window on this. It makes me worry that like it might it might be a 2026 game at this rate. But you guys seem pretty hot on it. Peter, well, what were your thoughts on Judas? I just want to start with this. I remember reading and hearing several times about how Bioshock Infinite was not originally going to be a Bioshock game, and that Ken Levine was very against the idea of making Bioshock of making Infinite a Bioshock game, and they did it anyway. And then the game came out, and then Rational Games closed, and here we are now in this new studio, and he's just making Bioshock again. Help me! Help this make sense to me. I don't understand. I don't understand I, it either. When this was first revealed, it, it pissed me off because it was like, "Oh, new Ken Levine! I'm I'm ready to see what he has cooking up." And it's like. Oh, uh, he's cooking up Bioshock again. <laughs> Which is still great. Again, I never played Bioshock. But this looks, I think this game looks great. And it looks even better than the last time we saw it. Mark, what it thoughts do you fun. have on it? It certainly looks cool. I feel like it, it It seems like it could be a really interesting world. That's what Ken Levine has done in the past. Um, I, I, I will be sold... Unless I see something that makes me feel like I don't actually want to play this game, or if reviews come out and they're just like, reconsider this. This is not the magic in the bottle we remember from this game. And even then, like, I'm not the biggest Bioshock fan. I think that game was okay. I, I respect a lot of what it did for the time and why people appreciate it. Um, but like, I'm I'm not like deeply invested. I'm I'm just more so curious to see that Ken Levine has been cooking up this game for over ten years. And I just want to know what's taken so long. What what he sees in this? What what is the, what has the studio been working on for so long to try to bring to fruition here? I'm I'm, I'm curious on that regard. I do think it looked fine. I do think it looked uh, interesting, even from what we saw at the state of play. But like, I'm I'm not like eagerly waiting for it. I'm just 
curious. I'm also really just in that curious point. I liked Bioshock growing up, but I definitely... A lot of people refer to it as this timeless series that will stand the test of time. And just by the inertia behind it, it probably will. But I'm not quite sure if I went back to play it how much fun I would have. Especially losing some of the the narrative twist stuff, oh, which I think is cool the first time you see it and then less cool all of the subsequent times you see it. But Judas, it seems cool. I'm at the point where if you're ever going to show it to me again, I, w- I want to see some continuous gameplay. I want to see what it actually looks like in action. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll at least give it a chance when it comes around. We had a little Silent Hill section here. Released today, Silent Hill The Short Message, which seemed like a really mediocre take on PT. I did just check Twitter, and I looked, I searched it. People were saying it's awful. Oh, man, okay. Silent Hill doesn't have it. I... Well, no, it does. But what Konami is doing with it now is not it. But uh, everyone acts like, oh, if only we got another Silent Hill game. And what Konami is doing now is terrible. But there are also a ton of Silent Hill games released that seemingly no one really cared about. Some of which were actually made by by Sam Barlow, uh, the creator of Immortality and, and Telling Lies and Her Story. Mm-hmm. So there, there was some creativity behind it at the very least, and I don't think, I don't think his games were poorly received, but they weren't met with this ravenous fan base that allegedly exists for this series. I mean, fun fact: Sam Barlow, I believe he, I know he at least did one uh, Silent Hill game, and I didn't think it got amazing reviews. I think it had a cult following, but he specifically said, and recently too, because of the the project C and D. He's working on one of the two projects is like he's doing more of in his his uh, corner of like games like her story immortality. Another one is he's trying to get back into the the scope of like doing what he really wanted to do with that Silent Hill game, which is a survival horror game. But he went on to say that like there were a lot of limitations of like the, the ideas he had for that game were restricted to hardware and not fully realized. And he thinks now they're at a point where he could do the stuff he wants to do uh, and confident to try again at that. So stay tuned for that, that we, we might see a fully realized survival horror sandbar logging uh, in the, the future. So cool. If Silent Hill doesn't deliver, guys, stay tuned for that. We then got a look at Silent Hill 2 remake, the remake done by Bloober team. And Peter, do, do you want to make... An announcement here, or do you? Or do you? Yes, want I do because be James doesn't support his uh, support his friends. And Joe, by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be too late. I have counterpicked Silent Hill Two Remake from James because I think it looks so bad, and I think Konami's going to realize it looks so bad that they're going to delay the game because this game has to be good. I thought the animations for the shooting were looked terrible. Also, why is there so much, again, none of us ever, Mark, have you ever played Silent Hill? Nope, never played a Silent Hill. Oh, have you? 
I have not. So none of us have played Silent Hill, but I've never, I mean, I, well, I've never heard that Silent Hill is an action-heavy game, and there was so much action in this game. Like you aren't Resident Evil. Why are you showing us so much action? I thought Silent Hill was supposed to be more of a psychological thriller. This doesn't look very psychological. I'm interested. Uh, I just looked it up. How much a Silent Hill 2 uh, PS2 copy costs? Uh, apparently, it's one hundred fifty dollars. Because it's so an maybe well regarding game. Maybe I won't be playing this on my CRT, but I've always been interested just because it's so well regarded. But I don't think I would necessarily like the game, and this remake seems very uninspired. I'm sorry, Silent Hill fans, but I just don't I don't have very much hope for you. Mark, did you uh did you leave with any significant thoughts on uh this remake? Absolutely no, I I look at it and be like, I I will trust people who say this is great, but there's never a time where I'm like die. Like if Silent Hill 2 was made in VR, I would feel differently about this. But as it is, no, it's not doing anything for me. All right, next game up. Uh, this is somewhat out of order. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2. Another little gameplay showcase. This game's coming up. Mark, is this going to be one for you? Never finished the first one. Um, Combat-wise, I think the game was really cool, that first one. But just uh, the characters and story, like everyone felt like so, like so stiff. Like some real cardboard people walking around that I was just like, I can't do with this this is like as fun as it is to play the game just like the, the things i have to do and the characters i have to engage with are just really pushing me away from it um i don't know but i wonder if it like like capcom can kind of like any capcom game i've played kind of has like a little bit of like a, a corny dialogue to it depending on how seriously it's trying to take itself when it's not trying to take itself too, too seriously um i think it works even like the resident evil games they can be really corny with some of the things they're saying. The Phoenix Wright games are they're really silly, very intentionally silly, and they thrive off that. Dragon's Dogma is not trying to be that at all. And just feels kind of weird in the process. And that doesn't really work for me there. I'm sure Monster Hunter is a game that doesn't try to take itself very seriously either. Even when I was playing Street Fighter V, that single player story mode was like not taking itself very <laughs> seriously either in that regard. And that was fun. But Dragon's Dogma, you know, definitely taking itself a bit seriously. So when people are talking, tuned out. And I don't think I'll be there for two. Unless it, if some massive FOMO hits me, that is the only thing that pulls me into two. Is but this the game that it. you think will be my game of the year? No comment. I can't no even comment. allude to that, Owen. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2, not for Peter. Maybe Until Dawn Remastered is for Peter? Until Dawn could be for me because I've never yeah, played it. Yeah, Mark's never before. played it. Mark had, Mark Mark knows nothing about Until Dawn. I I don't know who's really asking for this remaster except for Mark, apparently. I, know I, I mean it's probably it, coming out to coincide with the fact they're doing a movie. I'm guessing that's exactly and as we've about. seen with The Last of Us, if it, the movie's good, that shit will sell. Don't you guys think it'd be so cool? I, I, don't, I don't think I brought this up on the podcast. I think I brought it up to Peter. If Until Dawn, this Until Dawn movie, 
released like the old Clue movie because it's a, a game where different things can happen, but they release different versions of this movie in theaters where th- people die differently. Some people die in certain releases, other people don't. Some people see an all-cast death, some people see no cast death in the movie, and everyone's talking about it this way. I think that would be cool and possibly like, it's just not going to happen that way. I That's think that so would be much. a terrible... No, I'm not sure what I mean. I think for these modern audi- audiences, that would be a terrible idea. I and also the we- fact that back then... I mean, Clue came out, what, in the 70s and the 80s? People didn't have cell phones. People didn't have smartphones. They didn't have the world in their pockets. So when people went out to see the movie and they talked to others about it, they talked about whether or not they liked these endings, and the people would be like, that's not how the movie ended. Are you you stupid? And then people would get into arguments, but it's like, no, I saw the movie. It ended like this. You're Mm -hmm. fucking stupid. And then people realized, oh, my God, there are multiple endings. I feel like that appeal would be non-existent. It's a different, it's a whole different beast now. But like, I, I like, I don't think it'd be like several different versions of it. I think maybe there's like two, maybe three. The the most obvious one would be a version of the movie where everybody dies, a version of the movie where nobody dies, and then maybe a, a version where it's just like they kill a couple people off. We <laughs> those are all the possible we just, outcomes. We just live in a world that, while I think that's a cool novel idea. It also wouldn't work because no mystery is allowed to exist. Uh, on release day, you would see a tweet from Screen Rant that's just like every single ending for exactly. the Until Dawn movie, and you could just watch them all right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy it's coming to PC for a new audience. I mean, Until Dawn, Until Dawn, I don't think gets talked about enough in terms of great PS4 games. I wonder how it's aged when compared to the other games released by uh, Supermassive. It'll be worse? Yeah, I I just Oh, assume, I disagree completely. No, I just assume that it's better than the games they've been releasing, but I don't know. I haven't replayed it. I haven't played it since uh, 2015, I think. I rewatched the game... I think two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yes. Okay, when did why? you watch it before then? Yeah. Why? <laughs> and when did you when watch it, came it out. before then? TikTok. TikTok. For some reason, for some reason, I started getting Until Dawn TikToks, and then I took a deep dive back into Until Dawn. <sighs> I don't know. I thought it was cool back then. Maybe it is still cool. Uh, it is. Will it'll get a little bit of a reappraisal with this remaster coming out? So we'll Plus, see. I'm just surprised. Ghost of Tsushima has not come to PC until Dawn is coming to PC before Ghost. That I just can't. Where is that game? How is that not on PC? You know, speaking of Ghost of Tsushima, I feel like we should transition to Rise of Ronin because this game looks exactly like Ghost of Tsushima, which makes me wonder. PlayStation's getting so behind this game. Seeing the game is is Sucker Punch making a second Ghost of Tsushima? We all assume yes. they are. They absolutely are. There's no way in hell they are not. Will they make a third? I don't know, but they are absolutely making a sequel. I'd be shocked if they weren't. But hell, I mean, if they're like, "Hey, we're making it," but they've already said otherwise. Hey, we're making a fucking Sly Cooper Infamous. I'd be like, "Woo!" But they flat out said, "We're not. We're we're done with those franchises." So yes, they are they are definitely making a new ghost. Yeah, I mean, I'd ultimately be happiest if they just 
came out with a new IP. And I loved Ghost of Tsushima, but it's also the type of game of I don't know if they never revisited this. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad. I'm glad we got this one. Rise of the Ronin though, I I didn't think this game showed very well. But maybe it's just because I'm getting a bit tired of seeing games that look like this. What did you guys think? I it's fine. It doesn't I, interest I, me at all. I thought it looked very uninteresting. I thought the combat looked really stiff. I thought the way that it was, the guy was like grappling around it, it was just like, oh, I don't really like how that movement looks. I, I just not into this at all. They, they lost me from the very second they shot that grappling hook once, and it was just downhill more and more from there. Like nothing for me. It's also so many of these games have fallen down this path of, oh, well, people like grappling hooks or they, they like to be able to swing like Spider-Man. It has to make sense. Like what's what's going on with this this ancient samurai flying around like <laughs> he's in New York City? Like it it's one thing if it had like physics and weight to it, but that would just make it look sillier. Is the thing it just like <laughs> it wouldn't have the speed that they want him to have. Where something like Spider Man, uh, you know, is going to be way more fluid. The way that this game has it, like he's like tugging himself, soaring through the air. They want him to be that way, but if it was just like. Like Master Chief is like grappling him up his way himself like anywhere, and he's like tugging himself like he's a boulder swinging around, and I like that. I like having the weight of that just going super fast, just smashing. The, into they also they were a little bit ahead of the curve when it came to the grappling hook, so that mm-hmm. even if it doesn't necessarily make sense for Master Chief, they get a pass because they they got it off early enough, mm-hmm. and it's just fun in that game. It's very fun in that game. But Rise of Ronin didn't do anything for me. Peter, I assume it did nothing for you as well. Not not at all. Death Stranding 2 did do something though. Some, some nice, nice shots in this one. I didn't I didn't pay too close attention to it because I didn't want any spoilers, but it seemed like there's some cool stuff going on here. Peter, I'll let you take it away for a moment. Death continue to be overjoyed that I played Death Stranding last year. One of the best decisions I made. It's not one of the best games I ever made, but I'm just happy that I've consumed this game, and now I can watch these Death Stranding trailers, and I so I decently understand what's going on and what's being talked about and the events that I'm seeing before my eyes. Game looks great. Game looks great. Can we talk about the fucking guitar that when he played it, it shot lasers and turned into an axe at the same fucking time? And the goddamn character designs continue to be so goddamn good. And the fucking world looks beautiful. Oh my god, I that, just... And that's Troy Baker, right? Yes. It it seems like he's he's throwing heat in this one. Yeah. Seems I like mean, he's going to do real well. I Mark and I have our criticisms of Higgs as a character like but i i don't mark i don't know about you i thought troy baker acted his ass off in the role i was never like troy baker sucks i think he's great with what he's given it's just a I lot mean, of stuff he's given is he's really weird it. he's really into it but i'm just like you're such an edgelord and i hate you i despise your character See, Whenever no, mark, you're on yeah, screen, mark, mark hates takes a lot more than i do I, I, I like edgelords typically i admittedly i do i really like that archetype as a character, I yeah, I mean, I, you like Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, exactly. I like, I, I, so I, I, I like yeah, Virgil cool. more than Dante. I like Shadow. Like I, like I, I like, I like them. I just do. 
Shadow has a, like a heart of gold though in there. He's he's a bad guy. He's done some bad stuff, but his heart comes in the right place. Higgs is just a piece of shit that just thinks he's the coolest guy in the well, world. Well, of course. I'm, again, I'm not even saying I love Higgs. It's just you know he's no, he, there are there are a couple villains in Death Stranding. Higgs is one of them. He is. There is another villain who is significantly fucking cool. better like than him. Higgs. We, we like that character a lot, though. We love that character. We love mm-hmm. we love them very much. Um, Alan, I want to tell you when I watched this Death Stranding trailer, I was I was angry. I just kept getting angry because it reminded me, like, oh my god, that fucking game I played. Even though I feel like on the pod, I've been like pretty positive, like with the like the warning of just like I was miserable for like the first like eighty percent of this game, or if not ninety percent of this game. And then the last ten percent was like so cool, and I was like, okay, I can't believe I'm ending on such a positive note with this game. This trailer reminded me, like, oh my god, that that ninety percent was horrible and i hated it so much and I'm i liked it a lot game. because i'm someone who listens to podcasts while he plays games and it was the perfect game for me i lo- i um, really really liked playing that de- like i think death stranding is so much more fun to play than uncharted 3 substantially way more fun to play death stranding than uncharted 3 i didn't get far enough into death stranding i i put maybe six hours in and I do, I do plan to go back. It's uh, it's on my spreadsheet that I made to uh, plan out my year in gaming. But I just really think it's the type of game that you have to approach with the right, the right eyes, the right mindset. And if you're not in the correct mindset and you still force yourself through it, you're probably not going to feel very positively on the game. Oh, I think if you're forced as someone, I won't go that far, but as someone who has forced himself to play through games before, Death Stranding is one that if you're not into it, but you're committed to beating it, it is like crawling on broken glass. And is that how you feel you were, Mark? Or were you totally ready to be into it and then it betrayed you so many times? No, it was just more so just like, oh, you're taking me back to Death Stranding. Like, it's one thing, like, this game was announced, right? And it's like, oh, they're doing another one. Cool. And now I'm seeing, because that trailer was long also. There was a lot they wanted to just show you. And just sitting in the world of Death Stranding 2 and just thinking, like, this could be, like, in the moment of the trailer, it's like, they're showing a lot. This game could be coming out this year. The idea of playing a new Death Stranding made me mad. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the idea of like, oh my god, it's almost time to go back to this because I'm gonna, I'm going to play this. Kojima's cooking this stuff. He wanted to go back to this one. There's going to be something cool in this game. I know it. And even just from some of the segments where it looked like there was just like a flood happening and an avalanche. It's like, okay, we're not going to be moving through the exact same like one environment the whole game. Everything's not going to look the same. Knock on wood. Surely that's not going to be the case. And that's going to make it be a lot better. I think. But I don't know. You would also uh, hope that they that they make some advancements on the gameplay front. Yes, I, I, I I'm hopeful that things will be a bit different. I don't know what those things are. I trust Kojima to do some cool stuff. Even though I hate this ending, he did do some cool stuff in it. So it's like I'll I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it again. But also like, man, I wish Higgs was not in this trailer. I like the. I liked. I, I don't want to. Oh, and you tried not to say it. You tried not to see the trailer. There's, there's some other things like that's neat. There's, there's this one little thing that I loved about this trailer, which I think is the most attention grabbing thing in, in the whole trailer. 
a certain character who who is introduced, who I think is very oh uh, the 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 puppet guy. I think the puppet is very cool. I love the puppet. Oh my god, the fact that he's in fucking like twelve frames per second. Oh, it's great. He looks just like Alan Wake for some reason. That I don't get, but who knows? I don't know. So the other news here is we saw a lot of Herman in the in the state of play. I don't think that's a Which typical I like. State I of like play. Herman. I like Herman. Um Herman is just a blank slate to me. Uh, we've had this debate. I I don't think he stands out at all, but you know that could change. But he's there with Kojima because if Kojima reveals a game, apparently it's a requirement that you have to also talk to him. And they revealed that he is planning to make a new action espionage game for PlayStation. So pretty much what that means is it's going to be a new take on Metal Gear Solid, which is exciting. And Peter, I know you're excited about this, but uh, this this type of announcement makes me think like, I don't know, 2031, maybe he has another game going with Xbox. Like when the fuck is this going to be Mark? What did you think before we get to Peter? I was upset about this. Also, why are we talking about this game? That's going to come out when I'm 40 years old. What are we doing here? Guys, come on. <laughs> like it's, there's no reason to be talking about this. And that's just thinking about this for 10 years. It'll always be there. Talk, let's talk about this when we have something really to talk about here. Maybe yeah. we're getting ahead of it because it's going to be some deep production and something would leak on set. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe there's merit to it. I don't think we're anywhere near something like that happening, though. So, like, what are we even talking about here? I, I just think it's way too soon for something like this. Especially, talk about State of PlayStation. If there's one more thing, is something that's not going to be ready for 10 more years. It's like, what, what are we doing here, guys? Come on. I, I did find it interesting that Kojima flat out said it it is both a playable game and a movie. So he's at least uh, shed the illusion that, that games of his style and of the PlayStation style, like, oh yeah, they're, they're just movies that have playable parts. He called it the culmination of his work over the last 40 years. Goddamn. I mean, the guy is no stranger to a to a big sweeping statement. Well, I loved it. Because I like the MCU motto of announce the slate. I like to know what's coming years and years in advance. I, I despise this, quite frankly, baby mindset of, Oh my god, I know it's coming in ten years. What am I going to do? You're going to wake up. You're going to go to work. You're going to talk to your friends. Maybe you have a good day. Maybe you have a bad day. You'll get home. You'll have dinner. And you'll go to bed. You're going to be fine. Everyone, we're going to be fine. Everyone, we're going to be all right because we know a game is coming out in Peter, years. Peter, I'm not, this, I'm not fine. No, I'm no, not fine no. Right now. I'm just not fine, though. I'm not fine right yes, now. Yes, you so are. You're wrong. Yes, you are. Everyone is fine. I've always hated this idea of, like, what are we supposed to do since they announced it early? What the? F- I I don't know. Go invent a new fucking type of car. Like we're not supposed to do anything. We have this information, and then we go. We live our fucking lives. What are we to like? Do we have to gather to the city halls of all of our towns and cities? Be like, what is going to happen? It's not coming out for seven years. Who cares? 
<laughs> you yeah, fucking live your lives. I care, Peter. You say I'm just gonna go to work tomorrow. I'm not. I'm I'm gonna be thinking about this and then go to work tomorrow. So but Peter, Mark Mark could be 40. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's not close to 40 right now. Okay. It's just there's no problem. No, it's a bit extreme. Uh, you see, you're you're the one taking this to an extreme extent because no, no, I'm not taking it to extreme because it's fine because people have complained about this for years and everyone does it and I'm just so tired of this constant whining of they. What if the game gets canceled? Life moves on. We will all wake. Well, maybe some of us won't, but we will. The sun will come up tomorrow. Everything's going to be fine. Developers can announce a game whenever the fuck they want. I'm all for it. I love no... Like, I would love a fucking PlayStation showcase where it's like, here's what everyone is working on right now. I would eat that up. I would feel so passionately positively about it. But I would love it. That's a different thing than what we're talking about. No, it's not. No, no, it is. Because, because if fucking Naughty hey, Dog came, here's a here's a general I new IP we're doing. It's not going to be out for nine years. So I'll be like, sure. Well, we already know what Kojima is doing because he's doing this and he's doing the Xbox game. And this is like projecting so far ahead that it's like, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you can say that you're doing this, but there's literally no way of proving this idea's existence and when when you're announcing something in that stage things can change so much that no it's not life or death for any of us but it's probably like not the best idea to announce it i i why because everything could change so much between now and then that uh, whatever this no one idea plays was. the game no one buys no. the game no, those things no. aren't gonna happen you're taking everything to the extreme everything no, to the extreme. no because this is a this is a pointless this is a pointless objection it's pointless and it's been pointless for as many years as everyone's been making it and i felt strongly about this fears everyone who makes this point is wasting their oxygen it's a waste of time. It's a pointless idea. People, uh, the, oh, what if it changes? Then it's changed. I'd rather, I want to see how the sausage gets made. I want to see it. If things change, if they, if change from the original idea, I want to know. I want to know why. I want to know when. I like seeing that happen. There's, I, I, there's, there's no idea. I just don't like this secrecy that has to happen. Of a game should be announced and come out within a month. Not everything has to be Fallout Four. Not everything does. Too many people are. Too many people fell in love with that idea from Fallout Four, and I thought that was boring. I Here, don't. Let me let me tell you this, Peter. You know how cool it was when Nintendo said, "Actually, Xenoblade Chronicles Three is coming out two months earlier now." That was amazing. Was it amazing? It was great. Yes, it was amazing. I, I, that was an awesome experience to be like, wow, this will never, this may never happen again in my lifetime. The games, Nintendo <laughs> said, eh, you can have it a little bit sooner. That's probably better for us. You want to play it? You want to play that game in July or in August instead of like late September? I was like, you know what? I would Nintendo. I would love to do that. I just feel that this type of thing, people typically complain about it maybe even with the first Death Stranding, like Kojima comes out on stage and 
here he just formed a studio and they they already announced what game he's working on and i'm sure people had this sort of complaint except uh, where i agree with you peter is in that case that was the project like that that was what was currently being worked on and sure it could change and it could get delayed or whatever and it was a long ways away but that's okay this is just like three projects removed. Like I could, I could tell you I'm, I'm working on this insanely epic video. That's the culmination of all my work, but that that's meaningless because like I haven't did released I get, one in three did weeks. Did I get, did I get dysentery from you telling me that? No, Do I but, have gonorrhea all of a sudden? No, I again, don't. Again, I'm perfectly fine. Extremes. It, like, this is such a fucking straw man bullshit. No, it's not. Because it's, everyone, it's perfectly fine. In fact, it is, there is no, there is, the public, the developer is not doing anything wrong. They're not doing anything wrong. I, but, I don't care. I feel so passionately about this. They're our, not doing anything our wrong. Our role right now is to analyze the stuff that has happened. And my analysis is, seems a bit early to say something like this. Now, you're right. No no STDs were contracted in this announcement. Thank God. But if that's the standard that we have to hold to make this okay, like... That's ridiculous. It's just... Well, developers it's have early. been doing this for years, and the Earth is still spinning. It's... Uh, the, the Earth... And humanity existing. The games industry is still spinning. Those layoffs well, are not happening because a game was in a because a, yeah, those nineteen hundred people were laid off because they announced fucking perfect dark too early. You're totally right, Owen. You got me. Mark, he sounds ridiculous. He's, you are he's all ridiculous. wrong, and I'm sick and tired of existing in an industry where I've had to bite my tongue and pretend like these complaints have been valid around me for years. Yeah. I'm done. I, You're all babies. I Your game's even, ready when it's ready. I don't even think that you having the take of like people get too hung up on this is fine, and it's maybe even one I agree with. You're just taking it to such an extreme extent that I... I can't possibly get behind what you're saying. Should Marvel have announced a Blade movie? It's in production hell. Yeah, they should have. I don't give a fuck. Is the movie ever going to come out? I don't know. It's facing a lot of development hell. They announced it way too early, some say. I say, I'm very happy they announced it. And I would. And if I could go back and change it, I wouldn't. I like knowing whenever projects... I love, I love having such a large... I just uh, I can see so far into the future of what's coming out. I love it. It's such a good thing. It's such a good thing. There's no downside. There's none. No, you're all babies hate, no. and you're all wrong. Okay, Insomniac leak. I think a downside here is, oh, one of the best studios is only making Marvel stuff until 2035. Wah. That's a downside. Wah. It's just you. It's just you and your band. You're, no, you're, that, you're, you're, just, you gotta go change. You gotta go change your me. diaper, Owen. You gotta go change your diaper, Owen. You're 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 pissing. You're pissing and you're shitting. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. I mean, what's wrong with that is the fact that they didn't want to do that. Insomniac did not want their entire slate revealed. That's not fair. That I don't like. About, I only want those things to happen. Opinion, what are you saying, Mark? To know. It's disappointing to know that that's just 
what's coming for 15 years, Peter. I mean, I'm fine with that. No one, Mark. But okay, we're, we can't. Okay, well, do we even do? Like, I mean, it's late. Are we still going to do the state of PlayStation, or is this now just the topic? It's just. Well, is it all right to announce a game early? No, no. Uh, we're we're still doing the state of PlayStation. I don't think there's even that much to say beyond the state of play currently. Um, in many ways, this this lays out what we're talking about. But, uh. I don't know. We're we are wasting time though by you comparing time. Nope. Yeah, you know, comparing the take that like, oh, it's a little early to well, did it, you did you get gonorrhea? No, it's but it's not just is it a little early? It's why how many times have you seen why did they announce it so early? Why are they talking about this now? Because it's their project and they want to. There you go. If you're not gonna buy a game because it was announced eight years early knock yourself and, uh, out it's, it's also i'm gonna just... enjoy i'm gonna enjoy these incredibly early looks with an asterisk of as long as that's what the developer wants a snowy the insomniac schedule that's not fair they didn't want that i don't like that if they want to announce a game eight years in advance i say tell me what you got i want to hear about it it's also it's not best practice to behave like this in your life like you probably shouldn't tell everyone months or years in advance that like you're you're gonna be losing 25 pounds or something like well, that's that's not at all the same thing no but but it is because he's declaring that this project that doesn't exist is the culmination of his 40 years in the video game industry he has said he has said many times i'm going to make a video game and that he's done it if someone if someone had a history of weight loss and they said i'm gonna do it again i have no history i have no reason to doubt them they will do it again if they've repeatedly done it he's repeatedly made games he's gonna do it again the state of playstation currently fuck you uh in 2024 uh, the main slate that we know of is Helldivers 2. Uh, you can consider Final Fantasy VII Rebirth as a exclusive. We get Stellar Blade in there. We get Rise, Rise of Ronin. the Ronin in there. And those are the main big titles that come to mind for me. From a AAA standpoint, the only Helldivers is actually first party. Or no, that that's second party, isn't it? I don't think they own oh who the developer is. But it's second party, but they're publishing. So they have this slate of all either second or third party exclusive games. And this state of play did not reveal anything left for the core teams. Where are we at with PlayStation? Who wants to start? Raise their hand. I can go first. Peter's got a lot to say, I guess. Okay, Peter, go ahead. Hi, everyone. So here at BNY, every year we do a uh, state of PlayStation, a state of Nintendo, and a state of Xbox. Typically around the start of every year. Typically. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. I gotta say, this is the first year going into one of these with PlayStation where it's just like feels like the ship is going down <laughs> it's just it, it feels like it feels like we're sinking now we are about we are in the process of getting the anchor 
removed that we will call for the uh, we will call the anchor for PlayStation Jim Ryan. And we're in the process of getting rid of Jim Ryan as he's leaving the studio. This will release tomorrow. So this next month Jim Ryan will leave. And with that, ideally, a new vision for the future of PlayStation will take hold. And this games-as-a-service tirade that I used to defend on this podcast, that I've now have completely turned against as all these years later, and they've given us absolutely no reason to be to feel any ounce of positivity towards it. So currently, we are at the, we are, uh, at the mercy of a man who is ideal for playstation will be realized for better or worse long after he's left and the damage he's done will not be felt until long after his departure and our single player studios are nowhere to be seen <laughs> we don't really know what a lot of the we still i bet if you were to go back and listen to 2023's episode we know as much now as we did then we barely we we have barely got learned anything else all we know is that the Last of Us multiplayer game was canceled. That's all we know. <laughs> and I left off uh, allegedly Concord will release this year. Oh, of course. That'll save us all. I mean, we don't even know what that game is yet, so it could be cool, right? All we have gotten, all we have gotten from the games to service, the last, let's just assume the last state of PlayStation 2023, we did around this time last year, let's just say that. We have gotten a CGI trailer for what Haven's working on. A CGI trailer for what uh, Firewalk is working on. A CGI trailer for uh, Bungie's next game. Uh, Last of Us multiplayer's canceled. Uh, Bungie's on fire. Bungie yeah, is begging for death. And... That's it. Naughty Dog has also said that they're working on two single-player games. That's it. Which also... That's all we know in reality, probably means that they're working on one single-player game, and that one single-player game is Last of Us Part 3. And then the other one is has, like, concept art being done yeah. for it, and that's about it. Uh, I How are we here? <laughs> it's my, I'll let you two talk, but my final thing for my opening statement is, how is, the, how is this where we are with PlayStation? I mean, I think I know exactly how we are. And like, like, last year, there was such a big... I mean, I wouldn't even just say last year. They were getting a bunch of smaller studios. They were really trying to Test the waters with these service games. See if they can get something that sticks. Um, but nothing has. And that's just a waiting game. It's like, okay, well, if that is still happening, if it's still happening, because, of course, you can only shotgun so many of these things out. They want to try to make something that sticks the landing, something that is modern, probably. Uh, what happens in the meantime? Uh, you still have your single-player games, but they're so expensive to make. They are so spread out. You're not going to get one every single year. So it is just fine. PlayStation, even Xbox is trying to do this with Game Pass, uh, where it is just filling in the gaps with other games, other games that you're funding, the second party variety, third party variety with timed exclusivity. And that that is kind of what the state is right now. It is like to, to do the things we normally do at PlayStation, it is going to take an excessive amount of time and money to do a single one of these things that we need to make sure there is something to do on the platform with the illusion of like this is like Sony's first party seal which like is 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 that really an illusion when Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is only coming out to PlayStation 5 like that is I to, for all intents and purpose 
that is the quote-unquote first party release of the year right now that is the big one here it's it's finally time it's ready to go it's final fantasy 7 to the point where there's like we all you know you wanted to see final fantasy 7 rebirth here so we're going to give you its own state of play next week so come back for that one um like that it's is it is it a healthy way to do things this is a great look or place to be for playstation i don't know like games are still coming sony's helping these games come there's still a lot of high quality games out there it's just their their hands are tied with just the cost of doing this of, of creating these games uh, all while in the background they're trying to cook up maybe a service game that they can have money pumping out of to help with everything else and then there's psvr that's just sitting there collecting dust that's supposedly hey guys come get this the only, we will never i don't think we'll ever see something that's like exclusively coming to psvr unless if it's like a first party studio who really wants to do something it's just going to we'll see something there like you can play this on psvr too and then a week later you'll hear you can play it somewhere else though too it's okay don't worry you don't have to get the psvr too Mm -hmm. yeah i i echo what you guys are saying of it doesn't feel great specifically for for us who are you know we're we're hardos. We we care about. We what... are not hardos. We I we are something. We're not hardos. No, that, I don't like that word. <laughs> uh, word choice aside, but what I mean is like we are people that care about what specifically the first party studios are doing, and as Mark said, for all intents and purposes, like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is. A, a first party game. It might as well be because it's only coming to PlayStation. And PlayStation seemingly has nothing to worry about because momentum for the PS5 has never slowed down, despite the fact that from our perception, they just haven't really done much. I think the thing that is most disappointing and I don't understand how they overcome it is this idea that that game development is way too expensive. It's unsustainable, all all that. If you go over to Xbox, I don't know the costs of these games, but you have to assume hi-fi rush is a little cheaper. I think avowed might be a little cheaper. I mean, they're selling Hellblade two for $50. So it might be a little cheaper that, they're able to take the risk on on releasing these games that they all look different from one another. They have varying levels of production value. I mean, they released Pentiment. Pentiment definitely wasn't very expensive. The PlayStation brand specifically is production value. They can't do their take on like a retro style game because they are passionate about it. They have to make the blockbuster, the game that looks prettier than everything else. And that is of course going to drive up the cost. Um, And I think they're really just kind of biding their time until they can figure out a solution for what they do with the actual next step of PlayStation because the PS five from a first party perspective really feels it only feels like a half step. God of war Ragnarok is fully built off of 
2018 feels a lot like the same game with some improvements. Spider-Man 2 feels a lot like Spider-Man 1 and Miles Morales, but it has some improvements. Uh, the They're just not taking any risks. And when the next ghost of whatever comes out, it's probably going to feel a lot like the first one with some improvements. These games aren't bad, but it's definitely boring. I wish we were getting more risk-taking. I wish we would get a new IP sprinkled in here or there. But it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, not anytime soon. The new IPs exist in the live service space, and that's about it. But none of us feel good about that. Let me Let me just go down a quick list. We're not going to take great detail, everyone, because we don't have time. But here's all the PlayStation First Party Studios. Team Asobi, we, have, we still don't know. Creating games for over 25 years at the base of Oregon's beautiful Cascade Mountains. That is still in the description all these years later. Ben Studio. They're working on a game that they've said has some multiplayer components. God help them. God help them. Because yeah, if they're making a games as a service, Ben Studio will not be around by the end of the decade. I was gonna say, I just hope we see their game. Honestly, I hope we yeah. get to see gameplay at this point. That's where I'm at with them. Blue Point, still nowhere to be seen. They're making something that isn't a remake. That's all that's known. Fire Sprite, they are still a mystery to me. Still don't know. Uh. They... they put out Horizon, called them okay, out. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. They feel like a fake studio to me, to be quite honest, even though they put out a game. You should look up how big their fucking office is. I, I remember when, when everything was first announced. They they have, like, an insane yes. employee count. And they still have it. Like, they, no one's been laid off as far as we know. They have, I believe I read, they have, like, the second biggest studio in the entirety of PlayStation. Who the fuck? I've been saying this for two years, and I still want to know. Who are you people? Who are you? I still don't know. Firewalk. They're the developer of Concord. Moving on. Gorilla. Are they working on another project other than just more Horizon? I think it's just going to be more Horizon. I'm assuming, yeah, that's just what they do right uh, now. Yeah. Haven, they're making that Ubisoft game. Fair games. That's it. Housemark, I don't know, but they can take their time. I agree. Uh, Housemark is fine in my book. Yep. They released the only new IP so far, and I'm going to get back to that point in a minute. Insomniac Games, we know. London Studio, why are they still like? What do they? What what do they do? What I, do they do? I thought they were closed. To be quite like, honest, <laughs> I've I didn't say Pixel Opus because they are no longer on this website because they've been shut down. Even though they made a game the last couple of years that was pretty good in Concrete Genie, London Studio. If they're shut down, I I don't think anyone should be shocked. What the fuck are they even doing? Media Molecule, they are working on a new game, and it is their last chance. Again, Media Molecule and Bend and London are all on the, if you even slip, you fall to your death. I don't don't think Media Molecule will make it to their next game. 
to be quite honest. Okay, who's more likely, Media Molecule or Bend? Media Molecule, because, I mean, they... Then you are really convinced that Bend is done. Oh, oh, more likely to make it to their next game. I thought you meant yes. more likely to get shut down. Um, No, I, I think Bend will make it to their next game. Main reason I think Bend will make it is because there's been a... a uh, reappraisal on days gone where Resurgence. days gone is like kind of a well thought of game for the most part it, when it released have you PC. seen how well it sold it quietly has sold really well over the years yeah which is crazy is it on pc i don't even remember it is yes on it PC. is it was it, it was one of the first playstation games to come to pc and that kind of spawned its revival i i'm still morbidly curious about that game and I feel like that that could be a games club game that we really regret picking. Yes, because play I, it, it, I would, bet. it would be way too long for that. Yeah, but uh, the the thing I still can't get over from over two years ago at this point was that um, my ex girlfriend's dad was just like obsessed with Days Gone. Obsessed. I know with your ex girlfriend's dad. I could see that. Uh, what keeps me up at night is that he tried uh, Sonic Forces. And I want to rip my face off about that. <laughs> uh, I just remember being there one day and the game was paused and the game tells you what day you're on. And I don't technically know how fast this game progresses, but this seemed shocking to me because he was on like day 780. And oh, that just seems really far down the line. Wait. Wait, of which game? I, I missed that part. Of Days Gone. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, yeah, may, maybe I'll give it another try one day. I only ever played like an hour and a half. And no, well, you won't. I'm no, no. Saying, I'm, I'm games club. I'm curious. We talked about that. And I'm just throwing it out there again. Let's. I said it, it, it is a game that we will pick, and then five hours in, we'll all collectively be like, "Oh my god, what have we done?" I don't think that at all. I think some of us will like it. The, there's you'll not like it, Peter. There's a world I where we could not. like it. Oh, but Mark, what I said is I, I think it's too long for us to do for Games Club. Uh it would it would be a struggle to get us to all finish that game. It couldn't be too long. Days okay. gone. You look this up and then I'll continue. Thirty six and a half hours. Okay. Death Stranding was forty. Okay. And I had a good time with it, but you know, you we'll guys. That anyway. Anyway. I'm, excited. I'm excited to get back to Games Club. That's why I keep bringing this up. Naughty Dog. We're working on two single-player games. One of them we are, is almost certainly Last of Us Part 2. I'm in Path 3. We don't know what the other one is. Nixes. They do PC stuff. They're fine. Philippina Digital. They're making more Gran Turismo. That's fine. San Diego Studio. They're making more MLB. Santa Monica Studio. I mean, they just put out fucking Valhalla. And we know that Cory Barlog is still working on his game, which I... I I want so badly to know what the fuck that is. I really hope I want to know. Leak. I just hope it doesn't leak. I hope he gets to reveal that to the world one day and we get to see it that way. It's I, a single player game. That's what we know. Like, well, goddamn, give me another new IP single player game from fucking Cory Barlog and Sony Santa Monica. I'm just bracing myself here because we see it so often. It's like, well, I hope we see it. Uh, I, I hope this true. doesn't like quietly get shut down and then they just end up making another God of War game. I mean, I imagine we'll get both, right? Like, like the fact that it's Cory Barlog doing a single-player game, it's less 
you know, experimental. It, I mean, there's experimenting to be had. There's going to be playtesting trying to get this new thing down, a different vibe from what they've done before. But do you guys think it'll be like a double A game? Like, oh, it's like like a like a fucking what's the game? The Xbox game that came out like a couple years ago. The P. It starts with a P. Help Pentiment. me. Pentiment. Pentiment. Could this be Corey Barlog's Pentiment, or is this like a triple A? This is going to be one of the next faces of PlayStation. Like, what more? What? What vibes are we getting? I don't think I mean, they're this... allowed to make Pentiment. I agree. <laughs> I think so too. I agree. I... PlayStation <laughs> Three, they were PlayStation Five. No. Sucker Punch. I get. It has to be Ghost too. It has to be. You can't convince me otherwise. You just can't. Valkyrie Entertainment, their support studio, and XDev, they're the ones who collaborate. What I want to say is, as I kept, I said all those positive things about Death Stranding 2 and Kojima's next game, one thing you did not bring up, and I'm glad you didn't, was Kojima's tweet about the game. Did you see this, Owen? I did not. He described it as a next-generation title. It's a, it's a PlayStation 6 game. Essentially. Wait, so when I'm 40 years old, yes, that's 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 more accurate than that. That's not. Don't take this from me. Don't take this from me. And the fact that Death Stranding 2 is coming out 2025, and all leaks and reports say that next gen will come around 2028. That's where Xbox is projecting to have their next console. Same with PlayStation. We are about to hit the halfway point of PlayStation 5, and not a single. If maybe you count Returnal, I don't. Not a single new first-party IP. Not a single one. Not a single one. I so mean, far, I count Returnal. It's a faction. Is it a franchise though? Like no, you're never going to get a Returnal. It's a new IP. IPs it's a aren't new IP. franchises inherently. They're, All right, it, fine, it is a new fine. IP though. So we have Returnal. That's it. We are so far. All this generation has been. From my first party perspective, besides Returnal, is just sequels to PlayStation 4. If Death Stranding 2 is probably going to be their big game next year, hopefully there's more. I don't know. But if all the new IPs are just going to be these games as a service, which, let's be honest, are not going to do well, and the fact that Bungie's on fire and Last of Us multiplayer has been canceled, I could see PlayStation slowly starting to look around and be like, let's just put out Concord and Fair Games, let's fucking cut our losses and try to change the trajectory back to why people like us as much as we can. And I'm really worried that we are going to go a whole generation without like the next... And I know we say what we say about this franchise, but like the next Aloy or the next Jin or the next Astrobot. The fact that we're going to go through an entire generation of PlayStation without any new memorable characters or mascots terrifies me. That's what keeps me up at night. That's what I get gonorrhea from thinking about that. <laughs> That's my problem. I I don't necessarily put the same emphasis on the mascot per se of like who you, can who can be the next one in the commercial you could have said character and mascot you chose mascot i said both the fact that you chose mascot you're putting down no, my argument no, but, you're undermining what i'm saying but i mean the same thing of of I don't care about the next figure to appear on the PlayStation box or in the PlayStation commercial. 
I'm not necessarily thinking of it that way. It's just, it's more so a bummer of like, we came to know you guys last generation as like some of the best studios around. And now you're just going to do the same thing again. And we're not going to see you take any risk whatsoever. Well, that's what Koji was for now. He does that for them. But yeah. that's not for the next generation. Death Stranding 2 is another sequel. I've I've often said of I'd love to see the the five hour game that Naughty Dog could cook up in two years. I would love to see it. Oh, that'd be great. But we're just never going to, it seems. And especially with the de- development times these days. While we can rest assured, we know Hideo Kojima will be producing these games until Marcus 40, at least. Uh, some of these other studios, it's like, I don't know, We if we point to Neil Druckmann as, as true talent at Naughty Dog, it's like, how many games does he have in him? Who also is now working on television. He was at the Emmys with Pedro Pascal. He's becoming bigger than just games like Neil Druck. I just, I, I'm just, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm worried. I'm war. Like when do we get the next thing from sucker punch or inside? Well, it's not me. We know we don't, but from sucker punch or just any, any of these big first party narrative, single player driven studios that we've come to know since for a like since like our late childhoods, early teenage years, like, is it really just going to be like again? So we could say what we want about Horizon. That was such an incredibly risky maneuver from Gorilla. Oh, very much so. Like, and it paid off dividends for them, and so much so that fucking Herman Holtz, the director of the game, is now the head of PlayStation Studios. Like, that was so. Imagine. Remember when and Mark? I don't know if you were here. I know it was you, me, Joe, and then another guy we don't talk to anymore. When we watched that game be revealed down here for the first time like nine years ago, I remember thinking like, holy shit, this is awesome. That's awesome. That's one of the last memories I have of like, basically like we're entering the future. Yes, exactly. Like, and I'm not saying I need a new PlayStation franchise to maybe go, wow, that water looks really pretty, isn't it, guys? But just something to maybe go like, this is the next, like, this is the future of PlayStation. I have not felt like this is the future of PlayStation. Again, I've loved, I, I fucking love God of War Ragnarok. I love Astrobot. I love Ratchet and Clank. I love Spider-Man 2. These are all great games, but this hasn't felt like, man, this is the future. This just feels like we're continuing. It, this feels like PS4 Part 2. And it's like, what comes next? I don't know. And I can't believe that this year, again, if we're under the idea that 2028 is when the next generation comes, the fact that we're about to hit, at the end of this year, the halfway point, and Death Stranding 2 and Ghosts of Tsushima 2 and Last of Us Part 3 are seemingly like the only other first-party narrative games that we're going to get for PlayStation. Fucking God help us. And the way they operate, you know, you'd love to assume that uh, a full-fledged Astrobot is in the works, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. We know that we know that Asobo's working on something. They could be working on PlayStation Six. They could be working on a VR title. We don't know. 
And this is what I mean when I meant earlier of like why I like knowing things ahead of time. It's like I just the I I would rather know right now. Is the PS5 going to be a bust for new single player IP going forward? We lo- we lose nothing from knowing having that knowledge ahead of time. So if they could just flat if, if Herman Hulse could just flat out say PS5 we're not making any more single player new IPs. We're not. We're making sequels or doing remakes. That's it. I want to know. Obviously that'll never happen, but I want to know. Because then my expectations for the PlayStation 5 can adjust accordingly. As I began the segment with, it's obviously just going to be massively successful either way. Of course, of course. But it is hard to not see this generation for PlayStation as a disappointment to this point. Like, I've actually been playing my PS5 a lot more lately, just because a lot of the games I've been playing have... I've like already owned them on the system and I like playing my PS five. I like booting it up, but nothing, nothing is compelling me towards it beyond the fact that like I had already bought some games on it. And I know that I'm not necessarily like the test case because I don't think I care about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So that's obviously going to bring a lot of people to the system. And they're having all the work done for them. But what I do care about is these first parties. And I want to see what Naughty Dog is doing. And I want to see Sony Santa Monica and Insomniac and, and, and Sucker Punch. And it just feels like we're not going to get what we want from them. And there's not going to be anyone to, to rise up and take their place. I love house Mark, but I don't think their next game will be scratching the itch of, of something new, like sucker punch could make. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Horizon felt like this is the next big move from PlayStation. I want to, f- I want to feel like, you know that feeling you get when you're like dreaming and all of a sudden you feel like you're falling. Yes. You're so shocked by it. You're so surprised. You don't see it coming. I hate it. Hang on. I want, I want a PlayStation game to make me feel like that again. To just be like this. I'm just swept. I know it's you're. A, you're framing it a negative feeling. I I like the idea of just like being so completely shocked by a game. Like I didn't even know PlayStation could do this. I want the ground like underneath me to fall out. Like I just I want to just be I want to just like be taken away. And Horizon Zero Dawn is not a great game. It's not. But that was such a bold move from an unexpected studio. I felt I I couldn't believe that the Killzone guys are doing this. What? I want to ju- I want to just be shocked. I want to be surprised. I want to see a PlayStation that's willing to take a couple swings. But now that with the fucking budget swelling as much as they are, they're scared to take a new. They're they're scared to take chances. But it's like at the same time, they're scared to take chances because of money. But like, how how can Naughty Dog making a new IP 
that can't be bad. That, like, if, you have to have some form and level of trust in your developers that have gotten you your fame and, and like, just acclaim all these years. If Neil Druckmann wants to make a new IP, Neil Druckmann's making a fucking new IP. If Corey Barlog, again, is currently wants to make a new IP, he gets to do that because they're the ones who made Last of Us. They're the ones who made God of War. They're the ones who made PlayStation a fucking like a home brand, a very popular brand across the world. Take a chance. Take a swing. You did before, and it's worked out so many times since the PS4. I just don't like that it seems like we're resting on our on our fucking laurels here, and we're just like all the new and I, I can't even say all like the, like the the live service games are a risk, but not for the reasons that they think it is. Like, there's no excitement. Them seeing them chase this game as a service. There's no passion. There's no love. It's just we're trying to make money. Whereas Horizon and Ghost of Tsushima were, and Astrobot were like, these are, there is love. There is care. There is dedication. They're, they didn't make a fucking cool ass, like post apocalyptic, like world of like robotic dinosaurs that make a quick buck. You don't just get that kind of idea. Just the thing because you're it's going to make a lot of money. There is so much love and effort put into that thought, and there's just none of that from PlayStation right now. And god damn it, I want that back. And we're gonna have there our best shot at it with Jim Ryan fucking leaving. Really, the best the best possible thing that could happen to PlayStation is happening in a month. It is, and we just have to see where it goes. And I just I, hope to God that all of Jim Ryan's lack of creativity just leaves with him. I mean, if the the result, Jim Ryan leaves, they pull the plug on all the surface games, and their answer is just, uh, we'll just have, like, if we're lucky, one of our first-party studios, they put out a game a year, and we fill out the rest of the other game with second-party deals, or just third-party games that we can make exclusive. Like, are you ha- Are you satisfied with that? I want to say that I'm fine with Haven and Firewalk making live service games. If they want to, like, those are brand new from the ground up studios. I can't be disappointed that Haven and Firewalk aren't doing single player games because they've never done them before. They're brand new. They don't have any expectations. That's fine. I don't think those games are going to be good, but I can't suddenly look at fucking Haven and be like, why aren't you making your own Uncharted? That would be unreasonable of me. But if they have, Mark, if they have to do that to get out of the hole that we all see them throwing themselves in, I don't see why not. I don't see what the other option is. I don't know. I, I'm a bit doom and gloom on the situation with my my conclusion for State of PlayStation here is so long as we have to be as big as we are, you have, like, PlayStation and Xbox, I mean, mostly PlayStation here, they want to have the most cutting-edge games out there. They want to put something out. Their first-party stuff has to be the most advanced stuff on the market, the biggest, best thing out there. And to do that takes so much time and so much money that, we, like we've been saying, is uh, unsustainable to keep the ball rolling this way. I think even when Jim Ryan leaves, that that issue will persist. That that was something that people in the room, when Sean Lade was in the room, were saying, this is what we want to do. And Sean Layden said, yeah, that's... That's not going to work out so good. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to I'm going to end my career on a high note here with and not walk into that era of PlayStation. And I, I think that's going to happen regardless. I think 
it makes me happier to look at what happens over in Nintendo where they don't have the most advanced stuff. Sure, I'd like them to have more powerful stuff, but their release cadence is better as a result of this. Uh, it's so cool to see when, example, Xenoblade 3 gets announced. It's coming out in like six to seven months. And then something like Fire Emblem Engage gets announced. It's coming out in four months. Fire Mario Wonder gets announced. It's coming out in four months. And those are just a couple of games. There's plenty more that were sprinkled in throughout and more to come. And I think that is a super healthy like environment for these games to be existing in. Something I think we take for granted over in the Nintendo space that it's just like they got games coming. Sure, they don't have the third party support there. They 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 don't they can't make the gigantic stuff that you get every couple of years. But that's fine. I don't always need that. Uh, and and PlayStation, I feel like, is stuck in this position because they they are they have to be keeping up with what it means to be the biggest best in the industry. If they stop, I don't think Xbox takes their lunch by any means. But like, uh, I, I, I just don't think they'll be mad. I don't think people would find that acceptable. The, the players would be mad too. They're they're stuck being this. Uh, and I, I don't know if there really is an answer other than keep the ball rolling until it crashes or or start disappointing people that way. I I agree with you in that it is just unsustainable. And when you really put it into perspective, it's like you can make a case that so, some of these Yakuza games or like a Dragon games are better or stand up next to the top PlayStation games. And somehow they're, they're cranking those things out. Like three of them came out in the last year. Mm -hmm. Like Like, what the fuck? Well, one thing that they've got going for them, like for for better or worse, when people say that these games are like super samey, I know the streets of Kamurocho very, very well. I I happen to the next game. Everything's exactly where I left it. The karaoke shop is right there. All the ramen shops, I know where they are. I know, I just know where these things are. It's the same map. And to a lot of people, I think they would have zero tolerance for that kind of thing. Like a dragon's a bit different because they're doing things different. They're oh my God. So high for this Fucking new one. God so. of War, hang, I'm sorry, because God of War Ragnarok has the exact same animations for Kratos and Atreus getting in the boat, and people lost their minds. PlayStation fans would never have the kind of patience for that. And that's annoying as hell. Yeah, like God of War 2018 or God of War Ragnarok the same boat, getting a boat animations. This is just a fucking port. It's so lazy. It's like, do you fucking hear yourselves? Yeah, and we all know that's ridiculous, but it's another thing that I brought up many times of expectations adjust themselves the longer a game takes. If uh, the sequel to God of War 2018 was two years later, I don't think people would have complained like that at all, but instead it was five years later. It was four. Four? Yeah, came out in 2022. Oh, yeah, it hit the end of 2022. You're right. Well, point still stands with production time uh, taking an extra long time. I have one. I, I know we're, we're going long. We should probably wrap up. I, soon, I also I have, have one, more, one more point that I, okay. I want to finish here. Because I have one question. Of, I want to I end on a question, but go ahead. Of a specific thing PlayStation could do to bring some energy back and maybe 
have it be less of a risk. Give some new studios even some of these older IPs of like, I don't know, maybe Haven has something they can do with Killzone or someone wants to take on Resistance. Like, don't be scared of the old IPs. Mm-hmm. PlayStation was shopping around Resistance to other studios. Like, does someone want to make a Resistance game? Does anyone want to make a new Resistance? Like, they were doing that before. It's like, why have you stopped doing that now? I mean, My, if they want to make a new Ape Escape game, that'd be pretty cool. That's sure, awesome. like, even if it's only going to sell, like, a couple million, it's, like, just show, like, PlayStation fans, it's, like, we care about our history. Like, again, what I love about Nintendo is that, like, they're every, like, well, some franchises, some franchises get left behind, but also with Smash, they don't. Like, Nintendo is constantly carrying their history on their back. And they're adding to it. They're never forgetting who they are. They're always reminding you why you all became fans of us in the first place. Well, Nintendo is it's maybe hard to compare that because like do you do you think PlayStation could get away with making a theme park for their stuff? No. I don't think they could. Nintendo could make several theme parks based off of their stuff. And they are. And they and they actually just are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Oh, and they released a new picture of construction being done at Nintendo World in Japan, and Aonuma, the director of Zelda, was seen there. So it's like, oh, they're going to be doing a Zelda attraction. They're going to be doing Zelda Land next, and that's cool and exciting. But it's just like, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't make a fucking Last of Us resort. You can't. You can't like or Uncharted, or maybe you could. I don't know. I don't think you could. Last of Us, you actually would have a good chance of yeah. of pulling something I mean, off there for the horror I, I, fans. I think you do something like a like a hol- the Halloween Horror Nights, where like there's just people dressed as clickers just walking around, and you, you could do that with Last them. of Us and Until Dawn, and you could get a couple. But my question to you two is: as we are, st- the damage of Don Matrick has not been undone. All these years later, the damage he did is still they are still picking up the pieces. If the games, if the hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that PlayStation has put into all these live service games comes up empty, and how much damage they'll have done possibly due to the brand of PlayStation, how many single-player games will not be coming out, do you guys think there's a chance of PlayStation having years upon years upon years of long-lasting damage from Jim Ryan's decisions in the way that Xbox did Don Matrick? Or do you think these are just two completely different situations and PlayStation will be fine completely? I think, it, I think it's very different. I honestly think the only the thing, if I had to point to one thing that PlayStation could do that could possibly lead them in that direction, is actually making their game smaller. Like that's, I feel like people would be so livid about that's that. That's dangerous. They, yeah, it's dangerous. And I mean... It's a broken record here. The word unsustainable comes with PlayStation all the time. They have to be so big or else they will lose this momentum that they have. They're just trying to hold this lead by doing what they're doing, what they've been doing for 10 years now with the PS, since the PS4. And I think they do that till they lose steam. And I don't know when that is. Uh, but other than that, I just don't think they could lose they can't lose this unless like xbox really has some killer exclusives like like stuff that like goes viral that people have to go over there to play this thing something like a pal world is just only on xbox it's a first party thing it's that level of quality just sparks gets people's attention like something like nothing else is 
I, I don't know. It's it's a very far fetched thing, but I I don't see I don't I don't see Jim Ryan tanking PlayStation really. I also agree that this couldn't truly tank PlayStation. It could damage them. But when you look back at the Dometric situation, what that reveals is that the Xbox brand really wasn't that strong. It, w- it was at its strongest point post 360, but it was still a bit brittle. And PlayStation, the brand is much stronger, and they also just have the know-how to make things look like they're doing well enough. Uh, You look back at the Xbox One generation, and one of the most significant exclusives was Rise of the Tomb Raider for a year. Whereas... Uh, PlayStation has fucking Final Fantasy VII Rebirth for God knows how long, which is going to be one of the biggest games of the whole generation. Probably the year this year. Like it's it's not the same. They they know how to plug some holes, even if they if like the bill's going to come due later on. Uh, they can they can drag things out to make it look like PlayStation's going strong. Even if we know like the first party doesn't seem to be going strong. Is that the, uh, the final question or did, did you have an actual answer to the question, Peter? Well, I just, I do want to say we didn't talk about PSVR two at all. And that kind of says everything. Don't you? It says everything about it, but, uh, I, my PlayStation will survive. But I think, I mean, if the fucking, if the games is a, like we have, here's something that, why I think it will have decent long lasting damage. Because if the games service doesn't, if their games as a service plan doesn't work, then what the fuck is Bungie doing here? I don't know if Bungie knows what Bungie's doing right now, Peter. I I wish, I, I think they wish they could give you that answer. I think the Bungie acquisition is looking worse and worse by the day. We haven't talked about that at all. Bunge- them buying Bungie now looks so fucking stupid if they're on the verge of backing down from their games as a service plan. They had to commit to it. And before it is even taken flight, Jim Ryan is bailing. I think with how much fucking money they put into buying Bungie and how much money they've put into all these games of service, I think you two are downplaying how much damage this is going to do to them internally for years to come. Internal damage doesn't necessarily equate to the damage done by Don Matrick, though. It does, but like it does if the PlayStation has to start doing layoffs because of how much money they've lost in their games and service ventures. Which I think we, I think we'll definitely see that. Bungie is collapsing. I'm not saying they're dead, but if 
Concord fails, if Fair Games fails, if Bungie continues to struggle, and if, like, there have been rumors that fucking Guerrilla Games and Sucker Punch are possibly working on multiplayer games. If those also have to get internally canceled, just like Last of Us was, like, this isn't going, they're not just going to walk away from this unscathed, and the damage they take from it is not going to be negligible. I think it's going to be serious. PlayStation will not die, they will survive. But and I don't think it will be to the level of Don Matrick, but I do think this will the PlayStation as a brand will take substantial hits and it will take years from them to recover. Well, time will tell. Twenty twenty four probably won't determine all of this, but the song we're singing here is that we wanna know more. We wanna know more from PlayStation and hopefully Someone will come out with some news that that shows us they're doing what we want, but none of us exactly expect it. Thank you for joining us, BNY Gaming, episode 121, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, everybody. If you have my Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Amiibo, please return them. Please write in. If If you're out there and you've been listening to the whole episode, please give me back my Amiibo. Goodbye, everybody.